Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. Okay. As we get started, I would like to ask everyone to think about sending a sympathy card to Patrick Crispin. Or telepathically say, we're sorry you were rolled over tonight. Wow, that fourth quarter was crazy time. And what did Joseph say about this game? Um, seven-year-old Joseph said after the game, because they were watching, of course, Patrick probably had a few heart uh, moments, uh, uh, stopping moments in the fourth quarter. Uh, seven-year-old Joseph turned to his father and said, quote, Are we going to pretend like that never happened? <laughs> Which is a brilliant response yeah. when you know your father is, well, he's beside himself, to say the least. Our grandson Joseph knows the drill. <laughs> Let's pretend like that just never happened, yep. okay? <laughs> so, hi, kids. Hi. Uh, him and her on the radio. Uh, we have a bunch of things coming up tonight. We do. Some uh, fun things and some things that have never happened on the radio before. Yes. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to talk with our buddy John Davis, who is the host of TV's Motor Week. Um, a little later, we will have a return visit from uh, Will Byington, who is the uh, the photographer to umpteen rock and roll stars. And probably, and here's the headline, mm-hmm. you know, I probably buried the lead, but... Uh, the keeper of the big plug, Bob Fukuda, is in the studio with us. And, and Bob, you're going to want to pay attention to this. A little later tonight, we're going to talk with Jennifer Bullock about tyromancy. Now, what, you may ask, what is the art of tyromancy? What is the art of tyromancy? <laughs> you did that very well. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, it is the art of <clears throat> divining the future with cheese. Yes. Oh, dear. I heard from Jen who said, will you be bringing the cheese? And I said, I don't think you're going to read anything in Kraft American cheese slices. So I don't think we got the right cheese. So she's bringing the correct cheese that she's going to read for us. And tell so you're us, saying Jen didn't want us to cut the cheese? She did not, no. Uh, she wanted the real thing in here. So she she's going to tell us how this works. And... Um, yeah, I'm excited because you can read tea leaves. Why can't you read the sure. the veins and cheese? Yep. So we're going to find out. And this is legit, folks. This is not some prank that we're pulling on you. This, oh, yeah, this is real cheese reading, not faked <laughs> cheese reading. That's right. <laughs> yes, Bob is here. He's taking a little rest because he's going to be up for the next, uh, what, 20 hours? At least. Yeah. yeah. Because after the show, you are here till 4. Then you get a two-hour nap, and then you head over to Soldier Field? Yeah. Because then you're going to be doing that job with the NFL. And and that game will probably end, what, about 3 or 4? No, it starts at 325. Oh, no. That's the kickoff. Oh, I thought oh, yeah. it was a noon star. Oh, no. Oh, that's oh, a long no. wait for you. So it won't be over till somewhere between 6 and 7? Oh, right. man. And that's... then I have the post-game stuff. So oh. 24 hours from now, I might be able to leave Soldier Field. Whoa. <sighs> that's the life L- of a rock Please tell star. me you're taking a self-driving car home. <laughs> No. Uh, I <laughs> hadn't thought I about that. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, you know, I could always crawl back here and just like sleep because yeah. you know I, my my credentials will let me in the building, so I could just oh, wow. like take a you can sleep till next Saturday yeah. night. We'll wake you up. <laughs> just poke me. On the other side of the glass tonight, we have Patrick Hennessy in. Hey, Patrick. Hello, hello. Hello. Patrick is in for Julian, who is on stage. He's yes. acting tonight. He's in a play. Actually, he has two parts that he's playing in that play. And next week, at the same time. No, no. In fact, he's a... It's kind of, kind of like a Ramelan the no, Beast with two heads No, thing. it's nothing like that. Oh. Nothing like okay. that. Um, next week, he will regale us with tales of um, of taking to the stage. It's kind of a, something on his bucket list, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Exploring and, his thespian roots. Yes, yes. Ron Brown is in uh, the newsroom tonight, and uh, also Gabe is there. So we got you covered in the news department. Ron, Ron, were you hoping for uh, uh, Texas or Alabama? Uh, I'm not uh, wild about uh, college football, but uh, it's always nice to see an upset. And nothing against Alabama, but it's always more exciting if there's an upset. (laughs) Just remember what seven-year-old Joseph said. Can we just pretend like that didn't happen? You know, come on, Dad. We can move on. Now let's go get ice cream. Let's pretend like it didn't happen. We've got John Davis coming up. John is the host, the creator, the executive producer of the oh-so-popular MotorWeek television show. Which is entering its 40. 40- third season which is amazing so there are generations that have grown up watching motor week and so he's going to talk to us about uh, this real special award that he just received and the new season and we're even going to talk about the tucker and we'll tell you why so we hope that you will stay with us right here on wgn uh, brand new cars and other cars, uh, the subject of uh, one of our favorite TV shows, mm-hmm. Motor Week TV. And the host, the creator, the senior executive producer is with us on the line. He's our buddy, John Davis. How are you, John? Hey, Johnny. Hey, Steve. I am honored. It's great to be with you again. Well, wait a minute. I can't think of another person that we've talked to that is, in fact, inducted into the prestigious gold circle of the capital <laughs> emmys and i think that would be you the uh, only one we've ever talked to congratulations so, well, so tell us about that very very much uh well you know the um, national academy of television arts and sciences they give out the emmys they have regional chapters and i'm lucky to be in the chesapeake region and you know, it's basically for being old, folks. Uh, you've got been on the uh, air in this area or been in television for 50 years, and that's what this honor is all about. Oh my and it goodness. is a great honor, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite humbled by it. A few years ago, they gave me uh, one for being around for 25 years, and now we've turned the big 5-0 this, uh, this month, September. Wow. Marks the uh, – I came to work at Maryland Public Television – to work on Wall Street Week in uh, September of 1973. Well, here, here we are. Here's a crazy thought for you. Television celebrates its 96th birthday this yeah. week. You've been in television more than half the time that it's been around. That's wild. I, I've actually been a, a broadcaster you know, since about 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, and uh, you know, so it's it's a it's been a it was started out as just something I did in college. It was a part time job to make some money. Uh, I didn't train for it. I'm an engineer, and then I went and got an MBA, and I went to New York, and 
And you know what it's like. Uh, no one knows it better than you. When broadcasting gets into your blood, <laughs> it's it's there. You're done. You're yeah. terminal. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't wait to get back to it. And uh, I thank uh, a lady named Ann uh, Truex Darlington, who created Wall Street Week, and uh, she brought me down from New York to run that show. And, and here we are 50 years later. So, so you started in ride. you started in broadcasting one year later than I did. I started in 1966, and we should mention that we I'm are a now starter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're now beginning. Uh, you're starting your 43rd season of Motor Week. How right. cool is that? Right. Yeah, I mean, for you know, Motor Week for people that have not watched the show, it's an automotive show on television that basically. The concept was that I came up with in 1978 when we did the pilot was to bring the new car magazine like Motor Trend and Car and Driver and Road and Track to television, but throw in a little bit of popular mechanics, Mm -hmm. a little bit of lifestyle and make it something that you didn't have to necessarily be a gearhead to enjoy. It was more about the overall ownership uh, of, of what at that time and really still is today the second biggest purchase that most people make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We thought it would be a great fun to do for about five years. <laughs> and here we are 10 times that later. Wow. And, uh, well, not quite 10 times, eight, yeah. eight and plus. <laughs> but uh, it's still going strong, and, and we think we're uh, uh, still very, very relevant because people are still buying an awful lot of new cars. And right now we're in this major, you know, technological transition towards uh, electrifying vehicles. It's mm-hmm. got... Everybody, uh, not only investing a lot of money in the auto industry, but a lot of the public, frankly, very confused. And so it's just kind of an interesting time to be around doing about cars. I don't know that we've ever asked you this in all of our conversations. You said when you started Motor Week, you thought, well, maybe five years. Right. What was there or what was the point when you realized no, this ain't going to stop at five years. Uh, we got a good thing here. It's going to going to keep going. Was there a specific season, or, or or what was it that made you realize this is going to be going on for a while? To be honest, and and again, this is something that you know from being in the business. You know, television shows or radio shows or anything you're broadcasting, it's a it's a season to season situation. Uh, you have changes in management. Uh, of course, everybody's looking at, uh, you know, the bottom line. And even though we're public television, you know, we basically have to support ourselves. So for about the first 20 years, so from, you know, 81, say, really to about early 2000, we had money, but we never had enough money. And you worried about whether or not the show was basically going to continue. At that point, I don't think I was ever thinking about, wow, this has lasted a long time. I was too worried about just making sure we keep going because we have, you know, I had my mouths to feed, my wife's mouths to feed, and a lot of the people that worked for us. And we wanted to make, we didn't want to give up what we had built uh, up at that point. So I think probably maybe around 2005, 2006, uh, so not that long ago, it finally hit me that, you know, this thing's probably going to go on after I'm uh, host of the show, and, which was really hope, uh, hope for a long time that it would, we'd build something that could continue no matter what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it came pretty late because uh, we were always basically scratching around for money and advertisers. And 
doing what uh, small broadcasters have done all the time, which is just uh, fight to survive. And this was with a very dedicated fan base. And I think it's our success is purely due to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kept coming back for more. As I said at the outset, the cool thing about being around for this many years is you literally have generations that have grown up with you. Yes. And, you know, if fathers watching it with their sons and their daughters, and then they they carry on their tradition, and and that's awesome. And again, it really is, and it's it's very humbling. I just came back from uh, a Kia event out in the Mojave Desert, Mm -hmm. and we were seeing a a new SUV called the EV9. It's a, a big electric SUV, and these gentlemen at this at the proving ground there approached me and. They had been watching the show their entire lives. Hmm. Their, their fathers had, had watched the shows. I think one of them said their both parents had watched the show, and that's very important to us that uh, we have a substantial uh, female audience, which mm-hmm. is unlike most automotive media. And, and it is absolutely humbling. You know, they were just thrilled to meet me, and I was thrilled <laughs> to meet them. So, yeah, it, it's been um, – we hear that a lot, and uh, – what can you say? Just we're we're happy that we were able to touch so many lives for so long. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> See, you got me all choked up. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to get all choked <laughs> up too. <laughs> this is quite. I didn't expect to do a trip down memory lane. Well, no. I, I, you know, as we were driving into work t- yeah. tonight, Steve and I talked about the fact that sometimes we just assume that everybody knows Motor Week and everybody knows your story, oh, no. and we wanted to spend some time talking about who you are because this is an amazing. Um, well. <laughs> If you do three years in television, it's impressive. When you do 43 years, it's like mind-boggling. Yeah. So, and, and this wasn't your original career path idea. Right, right. No, uh, I mean, I'm an aerospace mechanical engineer graduate, uh, 1970, from North Carolina State University. Uh, I went on to get an MBA at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And I went to New York uh, in 72 as a securities analyst for uh, a brokerage firm, which is no longer around, called Kidder Peabody. And I was a transportation analyst. I took my engineering and my business, and I basically looked at airlines and trucking companies and railroads and decided whether they were good investments. And then we would tell investors, and maybe they took our opinion, maybe they didn't. But that's the world of what's called security analysis, and it's a big thing mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Wall Street in investment areas. It's how investors figure out which companies are worth investing in. But I was about a year into it, and so now we're in 1973. And frankly, I was in New York, and I was a kid from North Carolina, but I was kind of bored. <laughs> and what, And I just couldn't get the itch of broadcasting out of my system. And I literally was in a friend's apartment on a Sunday morning, and I was looking in the New York Times. I opened up to the help-wanted ads, and here is this fairly nice-sized little classified saying um, a, a public television station outside of Baltimore, Maryland, was looking for a TV producer with business and broadcasting oh. background. Or business, Yeah, business and broadcasting background. Mm-hmm. And uh, I applied, and there, as I remember, Ann told me there were 200 and some applications, and I was the only one that had 
the combination she was looking for. Wow. And so uh, she was very uh, nice to uh, offer me a job. And, and I left New York and never looked back. That is I a, love New York to visit, but yeah. I was glad to get out of there. If you want to find out where you can see Motor Week, and you can see it, all over the country. We love that when we're in Chicago, we can see it. When we're in Florida, we can see it. When we're in California, we can see it. But go to motorweek.org, and you can click on Get Listings and put in your own zip code or city, and right there, the uh, the TV stations in your area will pop up. I have to ask you, John, uh, mm-hmm. on the heels of Hot Rod Lincoln, have you ever had a vehicle that you thought, Okay, when the cameras aren't running, I really need to punch this puppy and see what it's going to do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, quite a few. And uh, I could really go back a long time, but the very first Dodge Viper that we got hold of, and it was so crude, but it had this big 10-cylinder V10 engine in it. And, you know, we were we we're very respectful of the vehicles, and we really do not basically you know, try and break any traffic laws. We have racetracks for high speed. But you just couldn't help but mash the accelerator. You had to hold on for dear life because this was a fairly crude automobile, that first generation. Mm-hmm. And, boy, was it exhilarating. And I really haven't had something that was quite that much fun until some of the crop of the uh, the new all-electric vehicles that are getting, you know, where we used to think zero to 60 in four or five seconds was really fa- fast. Mm-hmm. Now we're down to threes and wow. under three. And uh, some of these new electrics give you that same kind of thrill, although they don't give you the audible sensation right. uh, mm-hmm. that something like the old Viper did. I got to tell you, the, the car that we were road testing that almost got me arrested was the Impala. Remember when the Impala came out? <laughs> it, it, it was the la- the last year of the Impala when they finally got it right. They gave you a floor shifter and they put the the vet engine in oh the Impala. Oh my gosh! It, it was. Well, isn't that always been the history of, of especially of General Motors? Yeah. The last year they get yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Well, let's talk a little bit. You, you've touched on. Um, electric vehicles but i'm real curious about your take on autonomous vehicles self-driving mm-hmm. vehicles because i you know in my lifetime i you know i grew up watching the jetsons and i never thought in my lifetime we would be seeing cars that could drive themselves and, Seriously, and, and i gotta tell you john I, I i love gmc vehicles i hate the gmc commercial where the prime focus is oh look you can take your hands off the wheel you can drink you can do whatever you want to do and i hate that commercial strong message to follow you uh and and they're talking for folks that are not familiar with this there are a lot of different and really use the word semi-autonomous self-driving vehicles out there and systems the ones that purely rely on sensors in the car I don't think anybody in my business would agree that they're ready for prime time. Now, I know a lot of the automakers, including Ford and General Motors and others, have fleets of autonomous vehicles running around, particularly in San Francisco, and they're testing. But the ones you can buy today, most of the systems are semi-autonomous, and they're fine if you're on a straight road or you've got good weather. But only when you get into the systems like 
Super Cruise from GM and Ford has a similar system where the maps are literally part of the brain of the system. Do you have a car that you could truly take your hands off the wheel? And even and when you do that, you've got to recognize these are computer systems that may not be able to see everything that's coming in the road. They may not anticipate things like uh, uh, construction that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So by taking your hands off the wheel and your eyes off the road, you're playing with fire and yeah. you're going to get burned. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, and, and I think where I've seen autonomous vehicles on the road with human driven vehicles the results sometimes are not pretty because these systems can't anticipate everything that people do. Yeah. Sometimes we all do very stupid things. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> okay, now, I want to I, I want to jump from future tech. I want to go way back into the past. I am so yeah. pumped about a vehicle that is going to be a part of the first episode for your 43rd season, the Tucker. <laughs> Tell me about how did you guys get your hand on and and what was it like to drive a Tucker? Well, I have not driven it. Uh, it was basically a segment, or it is a segment, that's done by our reporter, Stephanie Hart. And she tracked down the Tucker family because they were getting ready to have their 75th uh, anniversary celebration. And she did interviews with them. She had a chance to spend quite a bit of time in two of the uh, Tuckers. I've forgotten exactly how many are still running, but they, they, they made about 50 of them, yeah. but the last six or seven didn't even have transmissions, so they've been modified. And I think there's about half that number that are still uh, in existence today. And, you know, it's, you have to remember, this is way back, you know, 75 years ago, so these cars by today's standard were crude, but they had some amazing features like that center light. They had mm-hmm. unusually good brakes. Uh, they had a safety cage. Uh, they had all sorts of systems that in those days were totally unknown and really didn't become uh, part of the modern automobile until, oh, gosh, uh, the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So, and so for, pretty for, amazing. But she did, she did really enjoy it. I myself, I've sat in one, but I have not driven and for people listening to us from various points around the country, they may not know that the Tucker was built in Chicago on the south yep. side at Tucker's plant, which is now uh, what is Ford City uh, on center. the south side yeah. of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah it's uh, it's a very – I mean, the, the movie was out with what Michael Keaton uh, was, was the star. No, Jeff, 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 Jeff Bridges. Bridges. It's, no, Jeff Bridges. Sorry, yes. I was thinking of um, the other. Never mind. No, okay. The movie that he did. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's a very sad story. I think it's a story that a lot of people think uh, would have had a happier ending if uh, certain powers in Detroit had not yeah. basically, um, you know, ganged up on him. He was a brilliant guy. He was a bit of a showman. Uh, some people would say even a bit of a, of a con man. But he had a vision. And the nice thing about our segment that Stephanie has done is the family has not let that vision go. They actually think they're going to be able to revive the Tucker as a brand, and they've got a plan Mm. for a future vehicle. 
And who knows, with a lot of the upstarts these days, it might just come true. I would love that. Yeah. A texter just uh, texted in from 872 area code and said, my grandfather was the logistics manager for Preston Tucker. And Tucker built built 51 and 47 of them survived. There you go. Yeah. Crazy. We're going to take a quick... I don't know if 47... Hmm. I didn't think the number was that high. I I didn't think so either. The last four or five didn't have transmissions and they were actually put together by the workmen sort of on a volunteer basis Mm -hmm. it's a great story yes Uh, john davis is a good movie it is an excellent movie i would highly recommend it even if you're not a car fan it's a great human interest story too john i don't know that i've ever asked you when you're when you're cruising and you decide to to blast a little stereo uh what's on your playlist I'm a jazz fan. Are you? And uh, I, I like just about all jazz, but I have to say, and this is almost terrible, having started my career out as a disc jockey in top 40, uh, I like uh, a lot of the contemporary jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, some call it smooth jazz, but mm-hmm. I don't really like that term so much because there's so much innovation in it. Uh, but I do like jazz a great deal, and I've converted my spouse, Cheryl. She now uh, basically right there with me. And we go to a, a quite a few uh, concerts. We were just at one uh, last night uh, uh, in Annapolis, Maryland. There's a little jazz club we like to go down to. So uh, so it's jazz. It's all about jazz for me these days. Okay, well. It's been for a long time. Then here's part two of that question, tying it back to cars. For jazz, you want good sound. What's yes. the best sound system you've heard in a car? Or what car has the best sound system you've heard? Wow. You know, let me just say that it was the Bose people yep. that brought yes. good audio to cars. Absolutely. I, I'm they so glad it. to hear you say that. We, we have a uh, 2005 uh, Cadillac DeVille DTS. Right. We also have a newer car, but the newer car's sound system isn't nearly as good as the Bose, which is the best sound system I've ever heard in yeah, a car. Absolutely. I was at the uh, the first Bose system for a mass production car for, for General Motors, and I think it was their first effort. Uh, it was a Cadillac. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but I do remember being at the preview at a hotel outside of Detroit, and spending almost the entire uh, evening in the back seat with a bunch of Bose engineers as they were trying to show that for the first time, someone had actually designed an audio system exactly to match the interior cavity of the passenger compartment. Mm. And they did it with smaller speakers than anybody else was using, but more power than anybody else was Mm -hmm. using. And I remember sitting there and listening to the clarity and thinking it was pretty amazing, but having no idea what they were starting. And, uh, you know, I still think they probably do some of the best work of any out there, but they're every name you can think of in the audio world, and some I've never heard of before they were in cars, uh, are, you know, badges of honors for certain cars these days. Absolutely. But Bose is still king in my book. (laughs) Okay, now let me fast forward. What are you driving most recently that you're impressed with? Well, it's it's funny you ask that. We, of course, drive so many different vehicles. I'm looking forward, and I haven't driven it yet uh, because it, it hasn't come into our shop. On our first show of the new season, 
we have the uh, the new generation of the Ford Mustang, and I'm an old Mustang guy. Oh. I've owned more Mustangs than anything else. So the 2024 Ford Mustang kicks off our show 4301, which started airing on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I would say today, but yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it is still Saturday, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Anyway, um, it is. It's like, what, six more minutes or whatever yeah. in my neck of the woods. And that car, I think, is going to be the highlight for me of this early part of the new season. I'm actually driving another Ford tonight. It's a, a rather special edition of the Ford Bronco, their throwback SUV that's been very much brought into the modern age. And they have what's called a heritage tradition trim, and it uses the the sky blues and the yellows and the whites of the original Broncos from back in the uh, 60s. And it's a pretty cool-looking machine. And everywhere we went with it today, people were just literally running out of the stores and stopping their cars to look at it because it's such a cool-looking car. And it is a very good vehicle. I mean, Ford has done just a great job on it. It took them a while. The early ones were had a lot of problems, but they've really got it down now. So, you know, just about everything we get in is um, exciting these days, especially some of the the new electrics, uh, we've got the uh, Mercedes EQS, their S-Class electric SUV. We've had the Gen- Genesis GV70 electrified. Uh, we've got the new, um, the new model of the, uh, the new generation of the quintessential sports sedan, the BMW 3 Series, just was, came through our shop. So there's just plenty of very exciting vehicles, both you know, conventionally powered and electric powered, that are coming our way for the 43rd season. John, we only got a minute left, so I'm going to ask you for just a thumbs up or thumbs down. Corvette SUV, yay or nay? I say nay, <laughs> but I said that about Porsche, and look what it's, it's That's right. You said that. It'll probably do the same for the Corvette. You are absolutely right. You say, yeah, Porsche SUV, nobody wants that, and look never, what happened never. to it. Nobody yeah. wants that. That's great. John, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And again, congratulations on moving into your 43rd year. We're right there with you, watching you. And if you come to town, we hope you'll let us know. And we got to get you in the studio, John. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, February. buddy. Take care. Unless you're in Florida. Good oh, night. no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll work around we'll it. We'll be here. Absolutely. For you, we'll be here. <laughs> and uh, you can sample some of Johnny's brownies. That's right. I'll feed you if you come in. Oh, how <laughs> You know, I gotta have my wife wants the recipe because I come home raving about it. Oh, thank you. Well, take care. You're welcome. Good night, John. Bye bye. That's John Davis. And and again, if you want to find out where Motor Week is, just go to motorweek.org. It's you can see it wherever you're listening to us yeah. in the country. Just uh, uh, look up. They have a uh, get listings. Click on that. Put in your zip code or the city you're in, and there you go. All right, let me put on my serious face, because we're going to talk some serious... Well, are we? That's the question. Yes, we're talking the the serious world of tyromancy, or the art of divining the future with cheese. I kind of like the puns that are appropriate, like reading between the rhines. (laughs) You know, okay, Mm. never mind. Uh, Our guest with us... Or Gouda on you. Our guest actually does read between the rhymes. It's um, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
golly. <laughs> I said I'm putting on my serious face for you, Jen. Come on. <laughs> Jen Bellock is with us, and she practices tyromancy. And as I said at the outset, we're not punking you. This this goes back, like, forever, right? Yeah, it dates back to the second century tyromancy. So really? she is magic in general dates back to... She's magic? She's magic, yes, using cheese and magic. <laughs> We're not talking cheese whiz. We're no. talking the magic. <laughs> I mean, cheese whiz might work. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, cheese... Using cheese and magic dates back to the ancient Greeks and Romans, but tyromancy, as in divining with cheese, dates back to the second century. Because tyro is Greek for cheese? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Well, see, I didn't even know there was cheese back then. That's just what I know. Of course, they had sheep, so they probably used... Yeah, it was an agrarian society, so they used whatever they had around them. Previously, they had used... um, molten lead that they would dump into a bucket of water and doesn't make a good sandwich no No. it also makes for very dangerous fortune telling and also if anyone listening speaks greek i am so sorry for not knowing (laughs) well tea leaves i think everybody knows that there are people who can in fact look in the bottom of a cup and read tea leaves so my mom used to do that yeah i can do that you can do that i'm a certified tea specialist so that's kind of what this evolved out of well you are the kitchen witch yes so this all just kind of works, right? Indeed. Were you surprised when you decided to to really put some some study into tyromancy, and then you took it out into the world, and people went, "Oh my gosh, this is fascinating." I was, and I wasn't. I I was in the the way that like I did not expect people to love it so much. Yeah. But I mean, it's cheese. Like, what's not to like? <laughs> um, but I was not surprised from the sense that there was. Almost like it took hours of research to sure. figure out everything about it and to to learn to do it. Um, there Did was you do this nothing. during the pandemic when you yes. had time? To, <laughs> yeah, of course. Because you're a writer mm-hmm. and you you enjoy traveling too. Yes. Right? Yeah, my day job is a travel writer. Ah, okay. Uh, so that kind of put the kibosh on traveling. So you <laughs> said, oh, I'm just going to find out how to tell my future with cheese. Well, I run a newsletter called Kitchen Witch that's mm-hmm. about the intersection of food and witchcraft. And I started that at the start of the pandemic. And when I wanted to promote it, I thought, oh, well, what can I how can I do this? What can I talk about? And I was thinking, oh, I could say things like, I could, you could, you'll read about this, you'll read about this. And I, I literally Googled weird ways to tell fortunes with food. And I found tyromancy. Are there other ways to tell fortunes? Yeah, there was a humongous list. Really? Yes, it was crazy. I want the peanut butter franchise. <laughs> I want the ice cream. Well, wait, is it chunky or creamy? Because that's going to well, make yeah. a well, difference. That, that, that determines your personality to oh. some degree. Oh, listen to you. See? <laughs> Already <laughs> practicing. My <laughs> apprentice over here. <laughs> he is the peanut butter poobah I am. of the Midwest. <laughs> I, I actually have the certificate that was given to us From on the, a Sunday afternoon back right. when we were over in the Tribune Tower. We yep. had the... Uh, uh, the Peanut the Association. Peanut Association, <laughs> and they proclaim me the Peanut Butter Puba of the Midwest. Aw, you are so the you peanut gallery. So you may kiss gallery. my ring. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, he is. And I'm the one that walks around going, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you can check out Jennifer's website. It's uh, cleverly called jenniferbullock.com. And uh, if you look on the website, you will see that she is, in fact, from Earth. Yes, that's true. I'm mm. actually from that's, Chicago. <laughs> 
So after you studied it, then you decided, well, okay, maybe people would be interested, so I'm going to teach other people how to do it. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just keep this to yourself so that you could be the only kitchen witch who does tyromancy? Because it's so cool. And because cheese is so good. Yeah, yeah that's a good <laughs> attitude. I think it's it's really a unique way to learn more about you and your yeah. life and get insights into your current situation and your future and things like that. And then you get to eat your fortune, which makes it even better. Wow. Well, let me take you back to as you were researching how to do this. Mm-hmm. What kind of research did you do? I looked at um, old dream interpretation manuals, old occult encyclopedias. Um, I searched for anything that had any mention of chiromancy anywhere. Um, and I found it in some video games and, wow. and in books. Uh, and yeah, just it was a lot of uh, Google Scholar <laughs> and history work. Yeah. That is crazy because I, I I've, I've taken classes on dream interpretation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I never even heard the word. I was so excited when I found out that that you existed and that there was such a thing as tyromancy. And so what Jen's going to do tonight, she brought the cheese. In fact, she sent me a text <laughs> and said, "Are you bringing the cheese?" And I turned to Steve and I said, "I don't think she wants." American cheese slices. Yeah. All I has got to tell is they're yep. slick and kind of, in many cases, not even real. But she brought in the real cheese. <laughs> the real cheese bought from your local Jewel Osco. Oh, so it's not even some secret kind of cheese. No, it's Gorgonzola. It's going to go on a salad later. All right. Well, we're going to read the cheese, and she's going to tell us more about how we go about doing that right here on WGN. We're talking about Tyromancy with the Kitchen Witch. Jennifer Bullock, check out jenniferbullock.com. Actually, it's Bullock. Bullock, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Bullock would have people looking for BU. Man, there's and no bull here. This no, is that's B-I. true. I'm not related to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh, the good point. Yes. <laughs> A listener uh, chimed in here at 331 area code and said, Shouldn't this be W Cheese and Ooh, Ooh. Good one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> They're scaring me, too. Okay, so you did the study. And then what happened when you offered your first class? Were you surprised that people said, oh, my gosh, I want to learn about this? Well, I offered the first one to a group of very like-minded people. So (laughs) not too surprised. But um, when my first workshop sold out and had a wait list, like, very quickly after the registration went up, that was a little like, oh, wow. I got something here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, you've got one coming up on October 1st. Correct. At Beautiful Rind. Beautiful ride. Do you have to bring your own cheese for that, or can you buy no, it there? No, uh, you can buy it there. They're going to have a selection of, I think, six to eight cheeses that people can buy from. And location of Beautiful Mind is? Logan Square. It is Logan Square. It's Logan Square. Yes. <laughs> and we'll tell you how you can find out how mm-hmm. to um, sign up for it. And it's a couple hours, right? Yeah, it's two hours, about two yeah. to three hours. Mm-hmm. Now, the kind of cheese, you've got an aged cheese in front of you. So is is that ideal? I mean, is there a cheese that is like the best cheese, like blue cheese? I'm thinking it's got all those veins that mm-hmm. run through it. Yeah, blue cheese and Swiss cheese are generally the best. Swiss cheese? That yes. seems so obvious. I know, right? It's got holes. <laughs> well, that's that's it. You look at the, the shape of the holes, the amount of the holes, the placement of the holes. But and you mean it's the, the piece same. of cheese I choose would make yeah. a difference it because would. of where the holes are? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, But that's why we're having Jennifer on on Saturday night, because if we had her on on Sunday, we'd only be talking about holy cheese. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve, uh, stop. 
<laughs> now. This I've heard that joke more than once today. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jen has the cheese out there. Now, what, what do you do when you open up the cheese? Mm-hmm. Do you see something when you look at it now? I mean, are, are I do. You, you're seeing something different than you than pre-pandemic before you studied tyromancy. Well, before I before I studied this, I just saw cheese. Yeah, what, now ooh. I see a whole story in the cheese really? and the veins and the markings but, and the ash and the mold. But how do you? For example, you just opened the cheese. Yes. So so who are you? Whose story are you seeing when you open the cheese? What do you? How do you know? Um, I guess it can be for if any of either of you feel particularly called to this piece of cheese, and I could read for you so for my workshops and and stuff i can also purchase the cheese i don't recommend it because it's better if you have a personal connection with whatever it is you're going to be snacking on so so this could potentially be for me um since i brought it yeah well tell us (laughs) what you're seeing because that's got some some veins and yeah it's a gorgonzola it's um crumbly gorgonzola it's a wedge so the the largest part um closest to where the rind is the largest part of the wedge represents the person i'm reading for and then right next to that is like the immediate future and then we're kind of going into like the next six months as we get closer to the point so right now here it is kind of empty next to the rind which yeah. means that things are pretty good for me right yeah. now <laughs> i was gonna say that's a good sign but it, it is a good sign empty might not sound good but it is good in, mm-hmm. in in life yes there's no really horrible veins or slashes cutting through it but then we get to about here and there's a row of dots and there's something that kind of looks like a dinosaur which means that i'm gonna have to deal with it like something something's going to happen in the near future um, where I'm going to have to make some sort of a decision and it's going to take a little bit of a longer time. Look at me. My mouth it. is actually here. I'm looking at it going, oh my gosh. Do you see it? I see that little dinosaur yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because I was just doing a reading for someone and they had a past cheese, a present cheese, and a future cheese and they cut into the, the present cheese and it was completely blank except for the the numbers 100. <gasps> like big right in the middle of the cheese and i'm like you are doing something right (laughs) this is exactly where you need to be right now i wouldn't be eating that cheese (laughs) (laughs) what did you do with it i'd I'd set it up in my fridge and look at it every day or something (laughs) wow so so was the past cheese just an older cheese and and were they looking into a like a past life Life thing or, or what so when i do the workshops um i give people the opportunity to bring four cheeses one cheese can represent the past um one can represent the current day one can represent the future and one can represent an overall reading or if you have like a question you want answered or something she did tell me though that the cheese she chose for the past it was a colby jack was the cheese that had been in her fridge the longest so (laughs) she thought it was appropriate (laughs) So, so how much of the readings that you do for people are based on what you see in the cheese they chose after you've opened it or how much is based on the cheese they chose to begin with i don't really understand your question okay if i okay if i'm going to do a uh, past present and future cheese sure how much of what you would read about me would be determined by the type of cheese i choose for past present and future are you asking if the type of cheese itself makes a difference yes and no. oh and then how much is determined once you open the cheese so 
the type of cheese doesn't matter. It's what you open matter. it up and what you see. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So for the past, present, future readings, I really want people to they bring their cheese and I say, which one do you feel should represent the past or okay. the present or ah. the future? And I said, put it in the configuration that you want it to be. Move the wedge around, move the chunk around to however you feel like it should be. And then that's what you read off of. I'm going to have a lot of angst in the grocery store, though, just deciding (laughs) on which one. I'm going to be standing there going, I don't know. Is this my past? Is this my present? I mean, that's, I'm serious. I feel like I've given you a crisis. I know. I'm like, where's the cheese? We need to read the cheese. (laughs) It's just video call me. Which cheese should I get? Really? I'm like, I'll pick one up. I'll get to the register and I'll run back and put it down and get another one and run back out. <laughs> no, I, I am so fascinated that that uh, number one, this has been around forever, mm-hmm. and again, until I started researching our visit with Jen, I guess I didn't even realize cheese was around forever. So where have I been? <laughs> um, but like you said, if they were using molten lead, mm-hmm. thank goodness they stumbled on cheese. Yeah, yeah. And was this uh, like the village witch would do this? It was anybody who anybody? wanted to. Yeah. So it, it's funny because, you know, you think about the past and you think about how like everyone was really religious, but they also like dabbled, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, everybody yeah. wanted to have their little fingers in the supernatural, but no one wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So. Makes me think of like uh, the Scottish uh, or the Irish Catholic and the, the, you know, some of the traditions that my grandmother told me about. I'm sure. like, oh, that kind of flies in the face of religion, but okay. Mm-hmm. It gives you peace. Yeah. As you looked into your research, was there any, uh, any particular uh, group that was the most cheese-centric group? Like any part, any <laughs> Any part of history or, you the know. The English. The English, the English okay. yeah. So it really was most popular in the Middle Ages, uh, early modern era in England. Mm-hmm. And you can tell there were some uh, problems between the different parts of England and the different surrounding countries because and if, <laughs> there was a guy in a dream interpre- interpretation manual who said that if you dream of cheesecake, it means you're going to get deceived by a Welshman. Oh. Well, that's what? a little specific. I know. <laughs> wow. And if you were a redhead from Scotland and you ter- stand, stood next to a vat of cheese as it was coagulating, it would spoil because you're a redhead. <gasps> oh, um, yeah, redheads. you can see there's a lot of uh, societal biases. <laughs> biases and implications yeah. in the folklore. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Boy, redheads have been dissed yeah. from day one. <laughs> so we shouldn't dream about Eli's cheesecake. No. Which, mm-hmm. which is really, you know, once you put it in your head, you're like, okay, yeah. now I can't not think about it. Yeah. Right? Well, and he's not the first one that had bad things to say about cheesecake. <laughs> there really? was someone else who said that cheesecake is an allegory for adultery. What? <laughs> yeah. It was something about uh like roasting cheese and and putting it in a trap like a che- cheese is toasted when a woman dresses herself up to look all nice and then she puts it in the trap and this the, is sounding the kinkier and kinkier <laughs> the, the rat takes the cheese and that's the that's committing sin <laughs> i don't think this is the kind of cheesecake that we i don't it's, it doesn't like a graham cracker well, i think cheese. maybe it's more like grilled cheese yeah yeah <laughs> 
wow, I'm so hungry now. I know. It's crazy. And I said to you before we left for work, I said, should we have a grilled cheese sandwich? I had cheese. You did. We're going to have to do it when we go home tonight. Yes, tomato soup. Absolutely. Because we're talking about tyromancy. And if you're just joining us, I got my serious face on. (laughs) This is real. This is studying cheese. The it, the term is the divination, mm-hmm. right? Divination. Uh, yes. So it's like looking at the past, present, future, getting mm-hmm. a feeling about who you are or what the world is all about. Uh, Jen Billock is with us in the studio, and you just revealed during the commercial break that you actually worked for Kraft. I can't even <laughs> I believe did. that. I don't anymore, but I did. I, why aren't they knocking on your door saying, come back, woman? <laughs> well, that's crazy. I mean, so you know what? Your destiny was laid out right then and there when you went to work for them. And you left, and now she's the kitchen witch. And she has a class in Tyromancy coming up, predicting your future with cheese. She will host it at beautiful... Is it Mind or Rind? Rind. It's beautiful Rind. It's a cheese shop, yeah. Beautiful Rind. Very clever. (laughs) Yes. October 1st from 3 to 5. And you can go to Beautiful Rind's site and get more information because they got a whole bunch of fun things going on there. They do. And if you're lucky, you can take the class in wine. (laughs) And... Because they are a wine bar, too. And you should also check out Jennifer's website, which is jenniferbillock.com. And you will find uh, that, yes, she is from Earth. She creates beautiful words uh, and a whole bunch of other things. And it's sort of click. There's like a, a book on the opening page. Click that, and you will find tons and tons of things about Jennifer. <laughs> Didn't you just come back from Egypt? I did just come back from Egypt. Yeah, I was on um, the uh, launch of a new ship for Viking cruises on the oh, Nile. nice. Yeah, it was Oh, it was amazing. It was so hot. That's but it was amazing. Our yeah. next guest is coming in at midnight. Uh, photographer Will, Will Byington just returned yeah. from Greece and Egypt and Croatia. Oh, wow. And he was traveling, taking photographs. How fun. Yeah. You guys got some good gigs going on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I stumbled across this um, phrase about cheese. And I, you probably know it by heart. What splendid diversity reigns in the kingdom of cheese. The ripened curd can be white or blue, hard or soft, fresh or aged, from the milk of cows, sheep or goats, brined, pickled or untouched. This list could go on till the end of time, and each of them, every last slice, every morsel and crumb, not only brings with it an unmatched rush of sensory experience, but in the right hands can be made to reveal the universe's most closely guarded secrets. And that's where you come in. Yes. The cheese is in the right hands. Okay. Bottom of the cheese indicated you're in a good place. <laughs> yes. And then, then we found a dinosaur in your cheese. There's a dinosaur. There's a slow change coming. And then here there's an arrow. So as oh, we move slowly. the arrow because I'm seeing it. There's an arrow here. You see it? Okay. And yeah, that I means that, that I'm going on some sort of a journey. So and it's going up. It's going up. That's good. Uh-huh. It means it's forward motion. <laughs> right. It's like in your dreams, you want to be going up the stairs, not down the stairs. Yes. But the problem is that it's going straight to this line that cuts across the cheese. So, oh, I see that. Yes. So I feel like that might be um, a bit of a problem. <laughs> hmm. A roadblock of sorts? A little bit of a roadblock, but there's a break in it. So... Uh, essentially means that i will get through it um and then right on the other side there's a heart <gasps> hmm. so 
Hey, that's good news. And she opened this cheese in front of us. She did, did not doctor this cheese up. Yeah. Um, so there's a heart right after that. And then there's a square after that that <laughs> generally means an argument. Um, we, <laughs> no, we're not going to argue. Yeah, but we're not going to argue, no. Um, but then it kind of clears up again over here, which is another good sign. So... So at the very tip, it's it yeah, it up. it's yeah. a pretty, pretty good piece of cheese. If you're hungry, you can eat it. <laughs> what eat it? Yes, I feel like seriously. As you were reading that, I thought I'm getting this. I feel like I'm destined to read cheese. Maybe you are. I can see this as being a feature on the show, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me counter your quote with another quote from okay. the 18th century right. that says, "Cheese, it is a peevish elf. It digests all things but itself." Oh, so okay. be careful! Don't let cheese take over your life. Interesting, because a text from seven seven three reads, "Cheese is life." Cheese is life. I agree. And, and this person life. says, "Cheese is life," and also my on button. Every kind of cheese. Yes, on was in quotes. I feel like yes. this person and I would be friends. And <laughs> yeah. a, another text from eight four seven is predicting things with cheese legal and valid south. Of the cheddar curtain. Oh, oh boy, is that my dad? Dad, was that you? It's <laughs> a good dad joke. You're yeah. right. Uh, I will never look at cheese the same way again. I don't even eat cheese. <laughs> I just won't look at it. Well, you can do it with vegan cheese too. And oh, I love the person yeah. who texted from six three zero. Am I blue? Am I blue? Are these veins in my eyes telling you? That's from Michelle in Geneva. And then a 773 says, I guess we know who's the big cheese. Well, we don't know that, right? We don't know that. I mean, maybe it's me. It may be you. That's right. Wow. So this class that's coming up, Do again, just to repeat, do I have to bring my own cheese? No, they will have a selection of you to purchase. Okay. Well, a selection for you to purchase, not right. a selection of you. That's, <laughs> that's kind of wrong. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you can purchase your past self, your future self. <laughs> That's your, right. You know what? I'm really kind of stressed over that because it's going to be so important for me to get the right cheese. Now, the best cheese is blue cheese? Blue or Swiss. Blue but or Swiss. As long as it has variations on the surface. So but like, a Swiss cheese, I cannot grasp that because it's so holy. It's like I'm just looking at holes. Well, because you saw a dinosaur and a heart <laughs> in that okay. cheese. What does it say about someone if they have an allergy to a particular kind of cheese? Yeah. That they shouldn't eat that cheese. Good. Okay, let me write that down. God, she's good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm allergic to aged cheese. So oh, really? My throat swells up. Don't it's not good. eat this. We, we, no. were, okay. we were in Nashville. Johnny had some aged cheese, got back to the hotel, and. I said, my throat's swelling up. Had to call the doctor, had to get covered, some Benadryl. I was hives, and, and it was wow. like, I never knew I was allergic. I'm allergic to oats. Really? Mm-hmm. Can't have oatmeal or granola bars or anything. Well, that's not so bad. It's terrible. I love oats. Well, <laughs> and Steve is celiac, so he can't have yeah. any gluten. When, and, and oats are actually acceptable if they're gluten-free oats. Right. So. Well, aren't we a fun little group? I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can all drink wine, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yes. Wow. We're going to take a quick break and come back, and we're going to shift gears on you because you've written a book about bakeries in Chicago. And yes. I got to hear about this because I recently told a journalist friend of mine that there is an article in 
the oldest bakeries in Chicago. Oh, and yeah. And he said, oh, I love that research project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> done. And she's already done it. <laughs> We're going to segue to some other things Yes, now. yes. We, uh, Jennifer is a writer, and you've written a... A very popular book that somehow escaped us <laughs> on the bakeries in Chicago? Yes, it's called Historic Chicago Bakeries, and it chronicles the history of bakeries in the city from the 1880s to the 1970s. I bet that was fun to research. Oh, it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is the oldest bakery that's still in existence today? Oh, shoot. That's a good question. Um I'm th- I can't remember off the top I'm of my head. I'm yeah. thinking on Lawrence Avenue, there's a Dinkles Bakery that's been Dinkles around. closed. Oh, no. Yeah. When? I last year. Oh, yeah. gosh. Last year. So right now, I, I think it's, the pandemic. it's Rosers um, is the oldest bakery, and Ferrara is the oldest pastry shop. And there's a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. Bakeries more focus on bread and yeah. things like that, and pastry shops are cakes and oh my gosh i worked uh, in well gosh it was 50 years ago i worked at davidson's bakery here in chicago oh yeah they have it so they're mentioned in the book and there's an advertisement that i have a picture of and it says try our diet bread oh (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) it was big i remember selling that diet bread um when i worked there i worked at the one on washington uh downtown so i had to take the train from andersonville uh, Mm -hmm. downtown and the downside of it was when i got on the train i smelled like a donut and you could see people like perk up like where's that coming from who's got the donuts that's a downside well because it was me and i didn't want people getting close to me because i was like sugar coated i literally i could feel sugar on my skin because we did the baking in the baker in the basement of Mm -hmm. the bakery so you would feel it in your hair and on your skin and when you got on the train you know people are hungry at five o'clock and they're like oh give me that donut i'm like it's me i was a pastry (laughs) chef for a hot six months really and uh in Century Mall, there was an Italian yeah. cafe called Eatsies, and I was in the the pastry department. And I loved walking there in my baker hat and chef yes. whites. I felt so cool walking down the street. Wow! <laughs> what were there uh, bakeries that you felt were like nationalities? Because I know in Anderson, though, mm-hmm. we had the Swedish bakery forever, owned by my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was legendary. And when it closed, the line was down the block yeah with people yeah. wanting to get their cardamom and their marzipan and the, the things that were special to swedish bakeries mm-hmm. yeah well dinkles was german yeah um weber's is more european like so what happened was when everybody moved here when when people started immigrating here they were forming their own little neighborhood mm-hmm. pockets right. and they all started a bakery with their within their neighborhood pockets like right. italian bakeries german um czechoslovakian or czech republic now sorry chechia yeah. it's chechia, chechia. now yeah. chechia chechian bakeries um so spanish bakeries spanish bakeries yes mm-hmm. so they they all form their own little bakeries and then as the neighborhoods began to merge the bakeries started offering different cultures types uh right. foods so that's why punchki day for example is so popular well, i was just thinking of that for years we used to talk with the, the polish baker uh, at a bakery at about 109th in Ewing, 
and Punchki Day, people were lined outside mm-hmm. the baker. And when you go to other parts of the country, people don't really, you know, yeah. maybe they'll go to their grocery store and find a jelly donut on Punchki Day. And I'm like, no, uh, uh, not a Punchki. Not the same. And then when they see the spelling with the C and the K and the the umlaut they're like well what's that word yeah <laughs> but yeah chicago's known for the punchki i can't forget that mm-hmm. yeah and so, the atomic cake and the atomic cake is yes. that it's a southwest side specialty it yeah. is um absolutely amazing well, I what's can, it made of okay it's a complicated cake so <laughs> the bottom layer is a banana cake and on top of that is fresh banana slices and bavarian cream okay. and on top of that oh is a God. chocolate cake and Hello. on top of that is fresh strawberry slices <gasps> oh and a strawberry gosh. glaze and on top of that is a vanilla cake yellow cake or if you go to weber's another banana cake and um on how top tall of that, is this it's, puppy it's it's pretty tall and it's very unstable but <laughs> but the top of it is covered in hot fudge <gasps> and then the whole thing's Oh, I am so there. Oh my god! sounds so good. It is it absolutely weigh, the most delicious cake on the must planet. Weigh a pound, oh, oh, ten pound. I mean, <laughs> it's it's heavy. And so oh. we got married in March, and I really wanted to have an atomic cake as our wedding cake. And I was over at uh, Norm Dinkle's house, and he was like, "There's no way that this is ever going to be possible." <laughs> so really, I had our caterer create custom atomic cake trifles. Like little ones, oh, so everybody could have some. That's sweet. Yeah, there's a great picture of me in like my really fancy wedding dress, walking with a plate of like six or eight atomic cake trifles on one plate. So, oh, that's great. Okay, okay I'm going to tie a couple things together. Sure. Your research into bakeries and the T-shirt you're wearing about Resurrection Mary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you encounter any haunted bakeries? Oh, you know, <laughs> I have heard of a few haunted bakeries. Um, Dinkle's was supposedly haunted, not informed by the Dinkle family, but by their patrons. <laughs> um, they told me about that. And then, yeah, just down on the south side, there's a huge mm-hmm. like it's a whole haunted corridor of Chicago. Yeah. So a lot of the bakeries Bars there bakeries, have, yeah. mm-hmm, have yeah. reports of yeah. different Spookiness. Well, you just said two things to me. I did not know the Dinkles had closed, and you use the name Dinkles like you know the Dinkles, like they're I really do. people. Well, I know the the owner of Dinkles, really? former Dinkles now, yeah. And and did they close because of pandemic or no? They closed because he wanted to retire, and there was no one to. One of the saddest remember. days in the city's history was when Big Dinkles closed. Oh, this I, is Gabe I, my, in the newsroom chat. I'm like, who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to scare everybody, but um, I actually, from Dinkles, that's where I got, uh, my mother got my birthday cake for my 12th birthday there. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I always knew them for their strawberry whipped cream cake. Mm-hmm. That's what was like legendary on the north side. Yeah, well, I think I spent like 50 or $60 on free, like cakes to put in the freezer and cookies on the last oh, day. Yeah. Well, because I was there interviewing people for Block Club Story I was writing. Okay. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, is your book still available? It is definitely still available. On Amazon. Um, please don't buy from Amazon. <laughs> okay, go ahead and say that. Yeah. From bookshop.org would be great. Uh, okay. You can get it from Barnes & Noble. You can get it from your local small bookstore in Chicago, the independent bookshops. Please buy from there. Absolutely. Um, that's the best choice. And for anybody who's wondering, why did you say don't buy from Amazon? As Johnny and I found out when we did our book on Les Paul, Amazon takes a large percentage of the purchase price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can buy from an independent bookstore directly from the author, whatever, yeah. they're getting more of the proceeds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You know what we should do sometimes? We should have you come in here and we should have all these different like bakery foods. Yes. 
It has been so much fun meeting you. Oh, Thank you, you for coming in tonight. You have to promise you'll come back. Yes. Oh, 100%. This was so fun. Oh, thank we can you. come back when my next book comes out. Which is going to be about? In, uh, planetary Retrogrades. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's in December, December 12th. All right. Let's okay. do it. Yes. We'll do that. Absolutely. Awesome. And if people want to follow you, I, I mentioned your website, uh, but yeah. uh, where else should they follow you? On Instagram, I'm at KitchenWitchJB. Um I don't know if it's called Twitter one. or X or what now, but that's just Jennifer Try Billock. Threads. Get, oh, get threads, threads is amazing. I love it. Love threads. Yeah, I yes. love threads. So that's also Jennifer Billock. All right. Thank you so yeah. much, Jen. Appreciate it. I'm sorry, Jennifer Joan Billock. <laughs> okay. My bad. We're segueing from cheese to photography with Will Byington, the official photographer on over 154 rock and roll cruises with Kiss. 311, I love it, John Mayer, Bon Jovi, and a whole lot more. And he has just returned from uh, his most recent tour to where, Will? So just did uh, another cruise for It's a company out of Atlanta called Six Man. And just got back from Athens, Greece. We sailed the Joe Bonamassa Blues Cruise nice. uh, through the Mediterranean from Athens, Greece to uh, Dubrovnik, Croatia, mm-hmm. and Santorini, Greece. And absolutely as beautiful as you'd expect. Yeah. Uh, Dubrovnik, uh, Old Town Dubrovnik, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, it was awesome uh-huh. because that's where they filmed King's Landing and so many parts of the show right there. So yeah. that was that was pretty neat. And then Santorini, we've all seen the, the beautiful cliffside mm-hmm. white buildings of Santorini mm-hmm. yeah. and it lived up to the hype just as well. Well, now, this is the Joe Bonamassa crew. Had you gone on previous cruises of his? Yeah. So Did you see some of the same people coming oh, back? All, all the time. All, all the, the time. time. So yeah. this was the third Mediterranean cruise he's done. Mm. Uh, we started in 2019 doing Mediterranean out of Barcelona, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then we did last year out of Athens, Greece, this year out of Athens, Greece. He's done, I think he's done eight, seven or eight. Uh, cruises out of the Caribbean also. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the beautiful thing about Six Man and the cruises that they do, literally, I would say it's something like 60 to 65% of people come back year after mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. You wow. can't beat it. If you're a music fan, it's it's basically music festivals on a cruise ship. Yeah. And so it's, it's instead of going to Lollapalooza and Grand Park, you go on a cruise ship yeah. and see yeah. 20 to 30 bands in an wow. intimate setting. You don't have but, to worry about parking. You don't have to worry or about driving parking. home. You don't have to worry about any of that. And then the beautiful thing is all your food's included. So yeah. so you eat your room your room and board food. And then the cool thing though is you also you're sitting in the casino and there's Joe Bonamassa at the craps table. Hmm. Uh, you know, we we've done the Kiss cruise. We did eleven years with Kiss. And you would see members of Kiss. So mm-hmm. six out of man, makeup, right? Out of makeup, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now I want to see them in makeup at the craps table. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fun thing is, and I would always take photos because so a lot of the fans would dress up, and oh. and it was funny, especially in the first couple of years, because they'd lay out by the pool in Kiss makeup, which really always made for awkward, awkward tan lines. When, yes. when, when you're, you're, you'd have the tan line from that. We also did three years with the Walking Dead cast, cast and crew. Really? And same thing. People would dress up like zombies and I think forget and pass out by the pool or be out sunbathing with yeah. zombie makeup oh on. Oh, my God. Walking mm-hmm. Dead. And uh, again, just kind of always made for some awkward, uh, awkward yeah. tan lines, but, but, but fun. I, I have to ask you, how many guitars did Joe Bonamassa bring with him? I... 
I went to Alabama. I can't even count that high. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it's interesting. He's got an incredible guitar collection. He's done a couple Q and A's over the years talking yeah. about. He just posted a picture actually on on X. I guess now it's so weird to not say Twitter. Yeah. It's so like I, I keep, X is stupid. I just want to say Twitter. Uh, he just posted a picture. So when he flies with a couple of his guitars, he actually buys airline seats. Oh sure, just for the guitar. Yeah, uh, because he doesn't trust. Yep putting yeah. it in the overhead bin yeah. or having to check it. And what's sad so is that, uh, sadly, some airline attendants don't understand that, yes, you bought a ticket, put this guitar in that seat. Yeah. Don't yeah. try yeah. to shove it someplace well, else. Well, the problem is the guitar keeps the uh, tray down and uh, is always reclining. <laughs> yeah, and it won't and, put its seatbelt uh, on. It just doesn't you know? listen. It just doesn't listen. That's right. Who was it that we had in studio? Was it Hubert Sumlin? No, it was was um, with uh, Corky Siegel, Sam Lay. Sam Lay. Walked in here just off a plane, and he was despondent. They broke his guitar. And he opened up the case, and it was snapped at the neck. I can't even, you know, I, so I carry, when, when I go do these cruises, you know, we, we talk about the, the photography that I do and phonography, mm-hmm. where I'm really trying to get into doing mm-hmm. more with my, with my iPhone and Android and, and phones, because you can't break this. You can't, you can't, mm-hmm. you don't have to check it. When I travel for the cruises, I carry a backpack and, mm-hmm. and a camera bag, and my biggest fear is checking that bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple times over all my travels, I've had to. And I just I, I sweat because sure. you know the and the difference is a camera. Worst case scenario, wherever I'm going, there's going to be a camera store, mm-hmm. and I can go replace a camera. Mm-hmm. I but but I still I get cold sweats and nightmares thinking well, yeah. about checking mm-hmm. that. I can't even imagine checking a you know whether and there's one guitar and I can't remember which one is that Joe Bonamassa has, but he talked about it and he was like, yeah, I don't. That that one doesn't travel. You know, he does. He, yep. He'll bring it out on shows in the U.S. where mm-hmm. he knows everywhere it can yeah. be protected. I think it's one uh, of his old uh, Gibson ES three fifty five. Yeah, I think. yeah. It's it's yeah. you know, but but I, I get it because I see the you know, and again, I know they're doing a job. But mm-hmm. you see the way they throw some bags. Well, yeah, and you don't want to be and, sitting in yep. a window seat and see, oh, there goes my camera. But but the bigger <laughs> thing is, you know, I, I look at, so again, just on some of the travels I did, I photographed a music festival down in Florida called Moon Crush oh, last yeah. weekend. Right down the road from our and, house. And mm-hmm. it was in Miramar Beach. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Beautiful down there. Uh, traveling through Nashville, and, and it's funny when you fly through Nashville, you could play a game and see how many guitars you yeah. can count yeah. traveling through the airport. But the other thing you have to worry about is, you know, some of these band guys were getting on the plane and they're putting their guitars. Maybe they're lucky enough to get on Mm -hmm. early Mm -hmm. to get the overhead bin space for it. There was more than once, though, I saw people even just chucking their their suitcases in there. And you could just tell they don't pay attention. And, you know, who pays attention? And and the other thing is, if you try to check your guitar, you can't lock that case. And yeah. if you don't lock it, somebody's going to see. Oh, look oh, down! Let me take this one out of here. Yeah. Wow. You mean it's not a swap meet at the airport? It's <laughs> no. not a garage sale at the airport. <laughs> well, Byington is our guest, and yes, are you going to tell us tonight about a class, a phonography class that's coming up? So I'm I'm still working on it, but I do want people Good. to email All right, me. We're going to talk stuff a little in. bit more about that because the last time he was on, people said, "Oh my gosh, I need to know more about taking mm-hmm. pictures with my phone," and that's what it's all about. And he's not all iPhone, and he's not all Android, as he said, he has both. Well, if people want to 
Find out what you're all about. Uh, websites, uh, where should they go? I, I got it all. Uh, WillBuyington.com. That's Will, two L's, B as in boy, Y-I-N-G-T-O-N, WillBuyington.com. Uh, on X instead of Twitter uh, or th- threads or Instagram. Threads. It's all threads. Will Byington. Threads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all Will Byington. So. Will's wearing a Cubs hat. And Will did a book. We are Cubs fans, right? Yep, yep. 2008. You uh, are a big Cub fan. And that book was all about diehard Cub fans. Yeah, photos and stories of diehard yeah, Cubs fans. Which is great. Um, you had kind of a cool experience on Saturday being a Cub fan, huh? As in earlier today, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. And, uh, well, I guess it was yesterday now. Uh, yeah, ended up doing uh, – there's a great T-shirt company. A guy that is just so inspiring to me. Obvious Tees. Joe Johnson. Obvious Tees. You've probably seen them. Yeah. They're the ones that say, like, he started out. His first one was uh, Jake Arietta is good at baseball. That's as simple as it was. Okay. And it took off. He has the shirts that say um, – the best baseball game. Uh, the best baseball game was played on a Wednesday night in November, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Cleveland. I think mm-hmm. it is. Uh, he just really does really creative, creative T-shirts. Fascinating stuff. Uh, obvious tees, and uh, they, they did a meet and greet today with Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson. So wow. I, I photographed uh, for about two and a half hours. Uh, both of those guys signing autographs and meeting their fans. Uh, had you ever met them before? I, so I was lucky enough uh, for the Chicago Cubs. I photographed uh, Sandberg's Hall of Fame induction speech in oh, Cooperstown. Wow. So I'm totally spoiled uh, like with the cruises and, and some of these other experiences. I don't know if I can ever go back to Cooperstown <laughs> because the the one and only time I've been there, I actually stayed. I had been touring with a band for a couple of years before that. A fan of the band was the director of communications at the time at the Hall of Fame. He let myself and another gentleman, my old roommate Jim McCardle, who worked at the Cubs, he let us stay on his floor two blocks from Cooperstown. Every hotel in Cooperstown is always sold out for yeah. that induction weekend. We stayed two blocks away. And we were able to kind of sneak in to the Hall of Fame induction party. So the only time I've ever been in Cooperstown, in the Hall of Fame, was with 30 living Hall of Famers. For the wow. weekend that Ryan Sandberg went yeah. into the Hall of Fame. It was absolutely incredible. So I was able to photograph that. And I, I met Andre Dawson a couple times, Hawk. Uh, they're both just so great. Yeah. And the life, it's so fun to be around. What I love is, one, it's fun to see everybody fanboy. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how cool you think mm-hmm. you are, if, if it's a guy like that. I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. I was six in 1984. Uh, see, you know, so those, those guys were legends sure. in 84 and, and the 80s. So it's fun when you're around them. It's fun to see other people fanboy out. That's mm-hmm. kind of always neat. That's, but what's, that's the fun of the convention when you go to the convention, and that's what it's all about. Is, you can be a geek. Is be a geek, be a fan. And what's cool is even seeing other people who live amazing lives. I was lucky enough once to meet Eddie Vedder, who was just in town mm-hmm. with Pearl Jim. Mm-hmm. He's a he's probably the biggest Cubs fan you could ever meet. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And it's fun to see him be a be yeah. a fan. Yeah. But what's even cooler is guys like Rhino and the, and the Hawk. Just I was able, you know being in the room and being lucky enough to be in that room with those guys, and just be a fly on the wall and let them tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And it was neat even today. Between people coming in to get autographs, they would be like, "Oh, do you remember that game?" And or somebody would really? bring a ticket from, you know, somebody brought a ticket from a game in I think 1992, and they had both hit home runs. Oh. And even after the the fan left, 
they were sitting there still like, oh yeah, who was pitching that day? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was this pitcher and and you know they just kind of got going and it's yeah. it's fascinating what they remember and the lives they lead. Yeah. And, uh, but with neat. all of those wonderful fly on the wall moments you've had, have you ever had one of those moments? And whoever the person was said, "Don't take any pictures of this." You know, uh, luckily, I, I think, and I would be willing to say the reason I've been lucky to kind of get invited into some of the situations I have is I'm pretty. Uh, I guess I've gotten pretty good at knowing, kind mm-hmm. of knowing when to have the camera out right. and to not. Mm-hmm. So you're discreet. Um, you know, it, it's funny doing stuff with phones. Phones have changed everything mm-hmm. because when you, when you're in there and as the professional photographer and, and having a big DSLR, you know, a big Sony camera, mm-hmm. big camera, big flash, everything, they know when you're taking the photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so a lot of times I'll have it and I'm kind of at the ready. And, and you uh, can but, see sometimes that they're kind of getting ready to pose because they know where you are. Yeah, so they walk over to yeah, your part and of the And they kind of know and, it and it's a stage or backstage in, mm-hmm. in the room. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times I'll wait, you know, at the, at the music festival last weekend, two of the bands were talking to each other, Ben Rector and, and Switchfoot, two of the bands playing. And I waited. I, I totally stood off to the side. I, I totally waited till they were done. Mm-hmm. And I could tell they, they went to like hug each other and say, thanks. Good night. And that's when I approached. And I said, uh-huh. Hey, let me get a picture of you guys together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there, you know, there've been a few times, but most of it's just an un, unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, here's the deal. I make my living as a photographer. I'm not going to lie. I would love some of the paychecks some of the paparazzi has gotten over the mm-hmm. years. You know, if you said, hey, we'll take this photo and we'll pay you a million dollars. Yeah. But I don't know how to say this politely on the radio. Screw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I can say that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no desire to be paparazzi. Uh, I think that's – they deserve privacy. I would never want to go photograph someone's kids, yeah. someone's house. I never want to climb a tree. I never want, you know, here here we are at, at your beautiful studios overlooking the river, but you also look into a hotel right next mm-hmm. door. Yeah, with and, windows. And I could see if, if paparazzi knew well, earlier somebody tonight, was there. you would have had some interesting. Well, now that on my photograph. I don't know if you. I did. That, yeah. that, that on my photograph. Yeah. But, but, but I, have, <laughs> I have no desire. You know, I, I was approached at one point, uh, this would be 15 20 years ago almost uh when britney spears got divorced from kevin federline mm-hmm. i was approached because he had a show like the the announcement broke and literally two days later he was playing the house of blues here oh that's right and and i was approached uh about being paparazzi and they basically said you know we want you to camp out outside the venue outside his hotel maybe yeah. in the hotel this that and the other and and I just have no desire to do that. Yeah. I, I would rather I would rather be the fly in the wall and be respected yep. and be able to hear the stories and be invited back and be invited back. Yeah. And, and but also again, you know, if they're walking down the street and if somebody does something and it's totally in public, maybe take that photo. Yeah. But the whole idea of camping right. out, chasing kids, chasing families, it has no interest to yeah. me whatsoever. And, and again, it's it's opened up doors. I mean, to, whether it's sports legends. Or, you know, again, I think I may have shared the story last time. For 12 years, I've been lucky enough to photograph the Murray Brothers and right. the Murray Brothers Caddyshack golf outing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was year two. I was in in the VIP room, had the camera kind of put away. I, I was just finally grabbing a bite to eat, I think. And all of a sudden, a bunch of the 85 Bears sat down. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, it was, it was Legends 
from mm-hmm. silver screen yeah. and the playing field. And they just started telling stories. And, and I said, well, I may get fired because I'm not taking photos, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not leaving this. I'm not leaving this. So. That's cool. Very cool. That's pretty neat. That, that reminds me of who was the, I know we have to break for news, but who was the CBS news anchor that we, we always thought he was an interim news anchor? We always thought he should have uh, had a, a longer chance. And one of the quotes that I loved about him was uh, he said, when I'm interviewing somebody, I don't want them to to say something they don't mean. I don't want to get them in a gotcha moment. I want them to say exactly what they mean. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. The same thing as paparazzi. You, you don't. There's no reason. You know, some people will provide material for you, mm-hmm. whether they give you that gotcha yeah. moment or whatnot. But life's too short to create yeah. drama. And you want to sleep at night, too. <laughs> That's how I would look at it. I feel all dirty if I did that. Uh, we're talking with Will Byington, and we're going to talk a little bit about taking pictures with your phone and about the possibility of a class coming up. So we've got a lot of ground to cover here on WGN. Will Byington's with us in the studio. Didn't you do a Kid Rock cruise? We, we did uh, We did 10 years, 10 years with Kid Rock. What? Uh, yeah, and yeah. you survived to talk Sur- about survived, it? Survived, survived. Uh, <laughs> and... and they actually called it the redneck uh, oh, yes. sailing, like redneck paradise. Mm-hmm. I think it was was the <laughs> oh, island. Uh, but he was great. I'll say this: forget politics, forget some of that. No matter what side you're on, he puts on a great show. Mm-hmm. He gives a hundred and ten percent every night. Uh, I was lucky enough to photograph him. He threw out the first pitch at a White Sox game. Uh, probably mm-hmm. two, this was probably 2010, 2011, I think. He threw out a first pitch and then uh, literally did a police escort to Soldier Field and opened for Bon Jovi at Soldier Field. Oh, wow. And that was a pretty yeah. cool experience to get a Friday night, 7 p.m., threw out the first pitch. Within, I think, eight minutes, we were at Soldier Field. You know, it was mm-hmm. like one of the craziest things. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, you, you were just talking before the news about paparazzi pictures. I have to say. The one paparazzi picture that I saw recently that I loved after all of the public stance that he had and all his negative Garth Brooks stuff, the picture of Kid Rock drinking a Bud Light at at one of his bars. Are we sure that's not AI? (laughs) Apparently, uh, there were a number of forms I've I've said where they've uh, people who are able to check this stuff said, no, that was a legitimate picture. Kid Rock was drinking by white. Okay. Are you prepared for AI changing your world? Because it could. You know, it's it's totally going to change things. It's, it's, I I think there will always be a place and there's always going to be the need to create new art. And create new mm-hmm. photos, mm-hmm. and and the beauty of cell phones. As much as we were talking off the air, even cell phones have made life crazy and hell in a lot of ways for celebrities. Yeah, because of everyone mm-hmm. has this at every moment, but it also allows us to create at any moment. Mm-hmm. And and AI, but it doesn't allow us to be in the moment. I'm thinking about the concert where you're holding your phone up instead of being in the moment. Yeah. You're recording it so you can watch it when you get home. You're there. And I can't talk. Like I said, I went to I went to Pearl Jam two nights this week at, yeah. at United Center. Even when I'm trying not to, if the light show and, and Eddie Vedder is such a good front man, the whole band of mm-hmm. Pearl Jam puts on such a good show that even I was trying not to take pictures. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of go, oh, I, I want to document I wanna, this. I want to save this I want to document this. Yeah. I, I, think, I think there's ways to do it. I agree. 
there are people who overdo it, who shoot yeah. every song, and you can tell they're never going to watch it because they're sitting there bouncing with the song. Their phone is going up and down. It looks yeah. like the Blair Witch Project when you watch that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that video. Um, but I think there is something neat about documenting it, capturing it. Um, and AI, AI, if used right, I am a little worried. You know, there, there was the AI thing where they created the Pope in, in a the puffy cup. Jacket. Yeah. yeah. And, and the problem we've got is, is we have lost as a society. Nobody reads headlines. Nobody reads the full story. Mm-hmm. Nobody investigates anymore. Yeah. And I do believe when you get photos like that that look that real, once they're in the public, in your mind even, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, there's going to be people who go, oh, yeah, the Pope definitely oh, yeah. wore a puffy yeah. coat. That was history. Yeah. And they'll never question it. And yeah. that's, what I wor- that's what I worry about. And there was a really fascinating – a guy came out and did a story uh, with Mid-Journey, which is one of the AI things, where he created politicians in compromising situations. Mm-hmm. And he did – but he did it with the purpose of – he wanted to show what can yeah. happen. Wow. And and wanted to show that people will just believe whatever they see. But again, yeah. and, years and, from now, that's out there. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that's where we're in a there's a lot of people if you watch some of the documentaries on social media, and social media has given me a career. You know, mm-hmm. Instagram at Will Byington. Uh, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter have mm-hmm. given me a career and, and helped me and, and are tremendous aspects of what i do facebook yeah. uh at will Byington, uh mm-hmm. ha- all of it has done amazing um but because you know it's fascinating if you watch some of the documentaries where people who worked at twitter and facebook and all these places have said oh we don't let our kids go on it yeah we yeah. don't let our kids yeah. do right. social media we and now with ai there's a lot of people who are like we should not have let this out of the bag like mm-hmm. we did. We mm-hmm. should the genies out the, of the, the genies yeah. out, and yeah. and it really is going to be interesting. With that being said, one of the things I teach in my shot club photo classes and and the photo classes I do is sometimes you want to add some clouds, for example. And if you're if you're somewhere and it's cloudy and and rainy all week on your beach vacation, <laughs> if if you're creating the way I do look at a lot of this is if you're creating art to create. Mm-hmm. One, don't lie to people and don't say like, oh, that yeah. was there. Tell them, I made this creation. I made this art. But if you're creating a photo that you want to hang on your wall or do something with, sure, replace the sky. Put some clouds in there. Create art. Mm-hmm. Well, there was something just yesterday that, that Johnny did that I thought was so cool. Our uh, former uh, general manager, Tom Langmire, he took a picture. It was a beautiful uh, sunset picture he right? has a farm and he was out on the field and he he posted it on his facebook page and he said darn if only i'd been able to get my reflection out of it yeah. it was the, it was yeah. the iphone yeah. you know yeah. that little spot that you get yep. from the lens yep. and he said if i could just get that out of it and so he used an iphone but on my android phone i took his picture and i edited <laughs> it out yeah and i sent it back to him and he goes oh so so it was just the picture without his reflection but yet it was everything else that was in the picture and what and what i say in in my classes and what i really believe is Again, if you're if you're shooting for the Chicago Sun Times, the Tribune, if you're shooting for Time, Newsweek, mm-hmm. you know, if you're shooting for press and for history, do not edit. Mm-hmm. Don't do even that. Don't yep. even remove that reflection. Yeah. I I strongly believe pho- photography 
is a powerful tool. Video and, and pho- photography is powerful. And, and for press, it should be unedited, unenhanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Souza, the phenomenal photographer Wonderful. for uh, Ronald Reagan and then Obama, mm-hmm. it talks about that. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, it, it should be the way it is. But I go the step farther. If you're shooting someone in the backyard, photographing a, a sunset in your backyard, and you're creating art that you're going to put on your wall, sure, take that reflection yeah. out. Yeah, remove the water bottle, remove the mm-hmm. remove the power lines, or the you or know, the guy in the background whatever. that you don't know. Take a, get yeah. rid of them. Get rid of them. But, but we have to break. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, I want to segue because this is the time of the year, as we've said for uh, for years in radio, when the shadows. Uh, get longer, the signal gets stronger. We're getting into fall. More night. So with low light, how do you take those great Halloween pictures, those great uh, whatever, this time of the year? Oh, you heard me muttering pictures. all the way into work as I was taking pictures yeah. because now it's dark as we drive into work. And I like to do a series of pictures for our drive into the station. And I'm saying, I'm getting the reflection off the windshield. And, oh, I, I've got the, the and radio that's nice is if reflecting. The, if the car and, is clean, but if it's uh, it had yeah. a little rain on it. And that, I was so frustrated. And then I, I said, okay, I'm just going to anchor my, my my elbow on the console of the car and I'm just going to lift it up a little bit and try to get out of the shadows but I had to do a little editing that's bottom so basically line. digital nighttime how do you get good pictures so we'll take a break yeah, more coming up <laughs> stay with us at WGN we want to segue we're talking with Will Byington and uh, as I said earlier uh, fall more dark than light taking digital pictures and again we're not talking about professional cameras this is your cell phone late at night uh any tips for this time of year for getting good low light pictures with your cell phone so you know it's it's crazy the technology every year just gets better and better Mm -hmm. and whether you do have an android a pixel uh a samsung the the samsung notes and and galaxies are amazing but even the iphone the iphone has night mode and a lot of people never know exactly what that is or how it works. Now, in your example of driving in, mm-hmm. night mode does always work because it, it takes a lot, little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But if it's true, it, it, it I have to hold it steady when you're driving on the drive, and and you know it, you're hitting potholes and you're trying to hold it steady. Invariably, if I'm on night mode, it's going to end up being blurry. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little tough, but you'd even be surprised. On the iPhone, though, it automatically clicks in when it's dark out. Oh, does it? And, and what's, a lot of people don't even know what it is. But if you're looking at your camera, if you open your camera and, and you look at the top left, there's like a lightning bolt. That's your flash. Um, one thing I always say, I actually do say turn off your flash. I, yes. I laugh when people take pictures at concerts with flash and, a lot, and, and landscape and all kinds of things. Number one step, turn off your flash. Nine times out of ten, you don't need the flash. Mm-hmm. Only, only use the flash if you're taking pictures of people um, and whatnot. But nine times out of ten, and even turn then, that off. be kind of judicious about leaving yeah. the flash on when you're yeah. taking pictures yeah. of people. Usually, usually the flash on the iPhone is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I recommend, one one tip that I teach a lot of times is if you're if you need to light up people, get someone else with you. Mm-hmm. And have them turn on their flashlight. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turn on their flashlight and then take that picture. You can get a great shot. But but when you're looking at your phone, 
on the iPhone, on the top left, right next to that lightning bolt, there's kind of like a little moon with a couple little lines mm-hmm. in it. Says, mm-hmm. That's night mode. And what that'll do is that just allows a lot more light in. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. I have a picture, even on my Instagram, at Will Byington, from last week in, in Miramar Beach. And I was on the beach, and it almost looked like daylight. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how because the moon much light so? the moon and, and just the light it lets uh-huh. it lets in with that. And what's cool is it, when you'll see, depending on how dark it is and where you are, sometimes it says two seconds, sometimes it says three mm-hmm. seconds. Right. You can actually change that. You can adjust to only do one second or whatnot. But night mode, especially if you're talking Halloween lights mm-hmm. in your neighborhood, Halloween lights, Christmas lights, Halloween decorations – Play with night mode. And, and what does help, kind of to your point about keeping it still, is if, if you're out and you're in your neighbor's front yard, I guess this is going to sound creepy because now I'm saying if you're photographing your neighbor's house, uh, <laughs> but but if you're out trying to dec- to capture the decorations, use maybe even the mailbox or use something. Prop. I say mm-hmm. if you're out and about, maybe use a water bottle mm-hmm. and prop the right. phone on top of the water bottle. Mm-hmm. And just prop it, and and it'll take a cool shot. I told and you, night mode is fascinating to play with. I had to anchor myself on yeah. the center console because of the bumps in the road, because I knew it was going to take a second for that little moon to you know to pass over from full moon, meaning that the picture had been taken. But I I would like to recommend when you're taking pictures of children dressed up for Halloween. And you mentioned this the last time you were on. Get down to their level. Get down, get down, down on level. your knees mm-hmm. so you can get a, a great shot of them. Not them straining and looking up, but them on your level. It's really good. So that, that that's a great thing because you really see the world different that way. But that's the other place. So not only so on the top left on the iPhone is the moon. That's the night mode. On the right, there's like a target. And there's mm-hmm. like four circles. And that's live mode. And I really recommend if you're photographing pets, kids, uh, family, really anybody, I recommend leaving that on. What that does, on the Android, it's a live photo mode. That's what uh, I'm looking at, Live mode. On the iPhone, it's it's called live photo. Mm -hmm. Um, What that does is that creates a little video file. I have no clue how this technology works, but it starts recording, on the iPhone at least, before you even hit the shutter button. Yes, and then and you then pick. And it records a little bit, and you can mm-hmm. pick. Pick what you And want. so I yeah. have saved photos, whether it's people, kids, families, or just a group of people and someone's eyes are closed. You can actually select a frame from that and open their eyes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost magic. The other fun thing is, if you use live photo, if you're photographing um, a waterfall or traffic or really almost anything moving mm-hmm. you could actually there's a bunch of different things you could make it a a, a burst or, or not burst but you could make it a boomerang where mm-hmm. it goes back and forth you could also make it a long exposure shot on the iphone mm-hmm. and really kind of cool because all of a sudden you can blur the traffic the trails oh, light like trails yeah. stuff like that and that's a really neat thing that a lot of people don't realize the other fun thing is on on iphones and androids play with time lapse Time mm-hmm. lapse is great this time of year as the sun's going down, mm-hmm. sunsets, clouds, um, mm-hmm. just really unique stuff where you could capture like 30 minutes of time or longer even sometimes or even 10 minutes, five minutes, and then make it into like a five second, 30 second video. Uh, really I, fun to share. I've got my Samsung uh, 22 Ultra open. 
Well, what would the food mode be? Do I need a mode to take pictures of food? You know, the, I take some darn good pictures of food without going into food I mode. Think that's, I think that's, you know, for the influencers in the room, uh, uh, everybody who is photographing. And, and some people do document every single item they yeah. order. Food now, mode's Does that add the scratch and smell uh, that, app? Now <laughs> you're talking. If it did that. Food mode, you know, it, I think it's supposed to show the colors of the food. Enhances it. It really enhances it. And, and detail. Yeah. You know, if you want that. I should um, try that, though. But it's, it's kind of fun, you know, and that's what I recommend. I mean, there's so many different different things you can do with the phones now. Oh, Food yeah. mode, uh, cinematic video, slow-mo. Slow-mo is great. Yeah. A lot of people don't ever play with that. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're – actually, it's funny. A friend of mine, while I was just in Athens, Greece – we're walking through this great area. There's a there's a bar and restaurant tea tea bar basically uh, in Athens called Little Kook, mm-hmm. and Little Kook is right now it's all decorated like Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And my buddy said what he does is he'll literally walk through it fast, anywhere he's going, any landmark stuff, mm-hmm. but he'll record in slow motion. Ah. And what he can do is as he goes by something real fast. Without stopping, without stopping the group, he'll wave his phone and just capture the whole scene of wherever he is in the world. And this is a traveling musician, but he does it in slow motion. So then when he watches it back, he gets the details and gets some fun fun. stuff. So that's kind of a neat thing. Slow-mo, time-lapse, food mode. Well, I just learned this on my phone where I take pictures of my flowers and I cut everything out. And so my, the, the bee sitting in the flower is on a, ba- a black background and it really makes it pop. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I was so excited when I learned that because I thought, what's that little dotted line for? And when they hit it, it's a outline what you want to take out. And I did that. We're talking a freeze frame and other forms of photography with uh, Will Byington. And b- before we, we've only got a few more minutes with Will, but we've had a number of people that have texted and wanted to know what was the 360 camera or 360 thing that Will brought in last time where we put that wonderful 360 picture. So what is it? So it's funny because in some ways I always wish I could like just keep it secret, Mm -hmm. you know, because like, oh, that's something you got to hire me. You got to call me at at Mm -hmm. com, and I'll tell you. (laughs) Uh, So I should tease like that, but it's actually, you already said the name. It's, it is 360. It's Insta 360. And uh, they run you a couple a, hundred a dollars. Camera. Yeah, that's about about three four hundred dollars. They have a couple different cameras that are just so great. But that was the Insta three sixty X three. I think it is. Is that one? Is it and actually a camera? It's a camera. It's, oh, it's, see, it's, I thought it was like a gadget you attach to your camera. No, no, no. Oh. It's it's a it's a fully self contained. It's kind of like a GoPro. Um, kind of like a just. I a, was a here for that camera. show, and I didn't even yeah, grasp all yeah. that. So it's it is it's a fully functioning camera. They also have an Insta three sixty Go that I just got Go uh-huh. three. That's a great little camera that's about the size of a bottle cap. Um, and it's great because you can put it on your hat. You can oh. put all that. But the Insta three sixty is is literally a camera with two lenses on either side, and you can do really cool stuff. You can uh-huh. do video. What's fun about it is even what you can do crazy tricks like i did last time where you put it in the middle of the three of us mm-hmm. and it literally got the whole room 
and it, it literally you just hit the button once, boop, and it takes the whole shot. And then you can put it on Facebook. So if you go to y'all's Facebook page, uh, scroll way back. Y'all are very mm-hmm. active on there. But that was about a month ago. Mm-hmm. It's it should still be up there. Um, what's neat about it though is you can also do just as you're like I'll use it riding a bike on the lakefront. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is you just literally put it on kind of a, a stick, a selfie stick, and they they sell what they call their invisible selfie stick. Again, kind of like the live photo mode on your phone. I have no clue how Insta360 does it, Mm -hmm. but it'll remove the selfie stick. And so all of a sudden, it looks like a drone is following you. um, And you can do some cool stuff like that. But what's what's also fun is if you're filming just action, doing whatever, even if it's as simple as walking around, it's literally capturing everything around you the Mm -hmm. whole time. And after the fact, what, what I think maybe where you got confused is you can connect the camera. So it is a camera. Yes. And you can record fully just on it, but you can also access it through an app on your phone. That's what you were and doing. And then you edit yeah. it on your phone. Because yeah. that's how you and, sent it to us. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And what's yeah. neat is so it transfers to your phone. You can edit on your phone. And what's cool is after the fact, you can pick where the camera – basically, all of a sudden, you're your, your own video director. Mm-hmm. You can choose which part of the video if you want it to face you. I'm going to be sharing a video probably in the next week, hopefully next couple of days, when I was in Egypt, when I was in Cairo just recently – in the pyramid and we Mm -hmm. climbed in the pyramid climbed down into it and i have a video where i'm walking through this pyramid with the insta 360 and it's kind of fun because like at one point i turn it back to me Mm -hmm. so you see my face as i'm ducking and going through the pyramid you see the you see up at the sky um one of the other places i used it that was phenomenal and it's on my my facebook somewhere uh from 2019 La Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful architectural churches mm-hmm. anywhere you'll ever see. It's been under construction for over a hundred years. Yeah. It's absolutely mind-blowingly just fascinating and beautiful. And it's one of those places that you want to be looking up. And the beautiful thing with the Insta360 is the viewer can see what I saw. So they can look up, they can look down, they can look oh, left, look cool. right, and see the whole thing. So Insta360. And what I tell, when, when I do my classes, so Will Byington Shot Club, the photo classes I'm going to be doing, uh, if you message me, Photos at gmail.com, you can also message me through my website, willbyington.com, or on Instagram, at willbyington. I'm going to be doing some photo classes the first week of October. Okay. And But one thing I do talk about is you can also do, whether it's a drone, DJI the drone, you can do the Insta360. There's a bunch of really neat tools that you can do tons with your iPhone and your Android. But there's also some really neat things, especially if you're creating for yourself, mm-hmm. creating content for three to four hundred dollars mm-hmm. that will change everything. If if you go to my Instagram, you can see pictures, sorry, from uh Pearl Jam this week, right. for example, mm-hmm. that I took with a a three hundred dollar point and shoot. Hmm. Yeah, you know, or a point and shoot in the crowd. And just kind of some neat things. Now, did, I want to go back to uh, just for a second to what you were talking about with your, your iPhone or Android. Am I correct <laughs> in, in saying that when you get these phones and you want to take pictures, experiment with everything? You're you're for the most part, hopefully, you're not going to screw up anything else on your phone yeah. if you just go yeah. into the photo settings. And noodle around with 
with night mode, with uh, slow mo, with uh, multi. What what is the the thing where it takes like sports pictures? So it's going to take umpires. First, 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 yeah. first yeah. Yep. Basically, because most people that we talk to say. I don't know how this works. Yeah. Well, just to experience. You're not well, going to break Well, they don't give you a manual. They, <laughs> sadly, the they sad don't. Yeah. WillBoyington.com. That's, no, that's uh, right. <laughs> uh, Will Boyington Shock Club. No, totally, you're 100% right. And what I tell people is it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing is you're not having to worry about buying film. You're not buying 36 right. exposures. And then you're not having to go to Walgreens to get that mm. developed right. for another $10. The beautiful thing is you can take literally thousands of photos, hundreds of photos. You can take to your heart's content. And the beautiful thing is just play with it. And I think everybody, everybody when I teach about that, and I teach just play with it, try things. You know, if you're shooting a flower, beautiful flowers like mm-hmm. you do, shoot it up close, shoot it from far mm-hmm. away, shoot it from looking up at it, shooting right. straight down on it. And the beautiful thing, some people hate when I teach this because they end up with a hundred photos yeah. on their on their phone mm-hmm. of the same thing. I'll also play with, you know, shoot it in color, shoot it in black and white, oh, yes. edit it color to black and white some Edited. of the stuff that johnny has done that, that she black has taken white. a great picture and then turns it into black and white. Yeah. it's like yeah. something out of out of film noir yeah and and you can play with portrait mode is another mm-hmm. big one uh that i go into in in my photo classes portrait mode is amazing and the beautiful thing kind of like you showed with the f- flower that you talked about with portrait mode i don't think people realize you have to take it in portrait mode but after the fact you can turn it black and white mm-hmm you can actually remove the background, kind of like you did to a white background. Mm-hmm. I've done headshot shoots where we're out in a backyard, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the same exact photo I can make look like we were in a photo studio. Right, right, with your background. All right in the camera. Play with it. Play. It doesn't hurt to play. You've got the, the, the other, the way I start the class is with a line that a, a great photographer once said that I truly believe the best camera is the one you have with you. Mm-hmm. And we all have our iPhones with us at all times. Yep. Or our Play Androids. And Androids, <laughs> iPhones, uh, Samsungs. Everything. And the other best piece of uh, photography advice that I ever heard is take lots of pictures yeah. of whatever it is you're mm-hmm. taking. And chances are in those 43 pictures, there's going to be one that you're going to say, yeah, yeah. that's and, it. And in this day and age, like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. That's true. So shoot, mm-hmm. yeah. shoot away. Shoot high, shoot low, shoot wide, shoot close. Before you get out of away. here, a listener wants to know if the uh, Insta360 is good for uh, football games, uh, high school football no. games. No. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, and again, feel free. Anybody can reach out to me again. Will Byington, W-I-L-L-B-Y-I-N-G-T-O-N. Will Byington. You can find me on all the socials and everything. But Will Byington Photo uh, at uh, Gmail. Yeah, Will Byington Photos. Photos. Uh, plural okay. at Gmail. Feel free to email me. Um, no. So the Insta 360, so a lot of people, a lot of times GoPros are the same way. Mm-hmm. GoPros are really neat and there's a lot you can do with them. They're not great for like family photos. Mm-hmm. They don't have a flash built in. They don't have a lot of that. The Insta 360, it, it's because it's capturing everything around you. For example, it, the football, the football game would be so far away. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so, so it's, you it's, want your kid in that picture? Yeah. It's not going to yeah, work. No, no. Yeah, no, no. It's it's not a great. It's not a camera for like family. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not going to replace your phone. It's not going to replace your your real DSLR or your camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's a gimmick. It is a gimmick. It's a tool. 
and it's really really fun <laughs> but it's not great for like it it's not great for sports it's not great you know, okay it's not but great you know what we need to try an insta 360 for one of our video road tests mm-hmm. that'd be fun just to put it Inside in the, the car, car with us as we're yeah. testing. Oh, and, and that would cool. be amazing. That would mm-hmm. be amazing. Driving, even just driving into the into town like you are, with, where you take your pictures coming into the town. Oh, there is an great idea. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, hyperlapse is another example of that. Where you, hyperlapse and time lapses is the, so it just kind of speeds up the trip. The speeds up the trip. So you could oh, show we the whole drive. Do that. Yeah, that's um, fine. And I can show you examples of that stuff like that. It's amazing for. Uh, but cool. no sports, family, you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're going to be that. offering the classes though, because I know the yeah. last time you were here and you talked about that, people got real excited. But you were going off to far flung <laughs> places, mm-hmm. and you said it's probably going to have to be in the fall. So it looks like October is your target. Yeah, day. early October. So Good. if you message me again, willbyingtonphotos at gmail dot com, uh, or just like I said, find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Will Byington. Well, when you get a a firm date or any of that information, give it to us and we will um, will just put it on our Facebook page, too. And can we, if not before, because we're going to be heading down to Florida, we'll be there broadcasting from mid-October to mid-November. Can we get you back when we come back in around Thanksgiving? I'd love it. Mm-hmm. For the holidays, just yeah. to talk about taking those holiday photos that everybody yeah, wants to take. I'll be and doing a booth at the uh, One of a Kind show also right after that, so I, I would love it. Oh, good. Good, cool. good, good. And we can also talk about things to buy for people who want to take more photos, these gadgets that yeah. might be a good gift idea. Yeah. Okay. I'd love it. Great. I love it. Thanks Thank so you, much Will. for having me. It's, it's always, always nice. fun, Will. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Rolling Stones. That's... He sounds angry. Don't yeah. get angry with me. That's the uh, first single from uh, their soon-to-be-released album. The album is coming out. Let me see. I believe I wrote it down here. It's going to be released October 20th. The album is called Hackney Diamonds. And they're saying it's their first new album in 18 years. It is. I checked. And, and I guess the the uh, blues album that they did, that was sort of a compilation of old things and some yes. new things. This is their first studio album in okay. 18 years. All right. So that blues album, you're right, that was stuff that did not take them into the studio to recut new music. Right. So their last one was September of 2005, and that was A Bigger Bang, September mm-hmm. of 2005, so literally 18 years ago. Which is hard to believe. And apparently Lady Gaga is going to be on one of the tracks for uh, Hackney Di- from Hackney Diamonds. Mm-hmm. I love it. I've, I'm, I've been a Stones fan since day one. I read um, the term Hackney Diamonds. I think... I think it has. It's it's like a British term. That's... Hackney is is a place. In fact, I think Jimmy Fallon. Uh, didn't they do the announcement on YouTube and uh, Jimmy Fallon was kind of hosting and they were in, it's like Hackney, England or Hackney, something like that. And that's... Well, there's Hackney's on Harms. If you want a good hamburger and some onion rings. (laughs) (laughs) They should embrace this. Um, uh, Hackney Diamonds. Uh, Hackney Diamonds is a type of slang it's like when you get your windscreen broken on Saturday night in Hackney and all the bits go on the street. I hate when that happens. What? Does, doesn't that explain? <laughs> that, those are the words out of his mouth. Uh, Hackney diamonds is a type of slang meaning like when your windscreen 
what, what does he mean by windscreen? I don't know. When your windscreen is broken on a Saturday night in Hackney and all the bits go out on the street, that would be your Hackney diamonds. So the broken pieces of glass are the diamonds. But what's it a slang for? What are you trying to say if you say Hackney Diamonds? It almost sounds to me, if your windscreen is at your mouth, did somebody hit you in the mouth and your teeth go flying out on now, the street? See that, now, see, that, that that's kind of where that. I'd go. But if you're talking about my, my side mirror or my windshield, I don't no. get it. I don't follow it. I, it's also a London band, the Hackney Diamonds. I, I don't know why they would use that. But, yeah, when he was asked, what does Hackney Diamonds mean? That was his answer. I wonder if the Hackney Diamonds are going to sue the Stones for yes. taking their name. <laughs> That'd be an interesting yeah. lawsuit. And if they hadn't thought about it, they should be doing it right now. You're right. Um, I'm still. I'm. I'm like slang. Usually means you can use it yeah. to replace another term. It, this or doesn't to what, get it, a message th- across. There's, this is kind of like hmm. when we were doing some some photos. Mm-hmm. Just a, about a week and a half ago, and we ran into John Williams, and John was going. We'd finished our photo session, and yes. John's going in, and we say, "Oh, so has has your face been zambonied?" And John said, "What does that mean?" And so we had to explain to him. We said, well, "What do you and, what do you think of when you think of zamboni?" He goes, "Well, they clean the ice up, they slick it up." We go, "Yeah, has your face been zambonied? Did, did they slick your?" And we said, you know what? It just doesn't work when you yeah. have to explain if it. If you have to explain the joke, it doesn't work. <laughs> Same thing with Hackney Diamonds. There's, there's too much, too many hoops to jump through to well, find out what this a means. A listener said it's as simple as broken glass shining like diamonds. Okay. All right. And and hackneyed, hackneyed is, that's a term. But there's hackneyed, which yes. is different than hackney, right. which is... I know. The, 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 I know. Too too many hoops to jump you're through not the to Rolling get Stones. there. You're not the Stones, so, but that's their new, that's the single. And the video is interesting because... They've got, who is the uh, the model that, that is... Yeah, she's uh, a TV, she's not a model, she's a TV star okay. over in Britain, but uh, she's adorable blonde, but, but all... It, the, as she, she's in the car driving down the street, and there's all these billboards of Rolling Stones, but it's much younger Rolling yeah. Stone images. Yes, 60s and 70s Rolling yeah. Stones. And some would say, well, that's because they're so old, they don't want to be pictured in the video. No, I think it's because their sound is retro. This sound is a lot like they sounded in the 60s and 70s. This is the kind of stuff that I remember so clearly walking down Well Street in Old Town Mm -hmm. in the late 60s. And there was... I forget what the uh, the club was we were walking past, and they're blasting the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Out of it. it was just a, just a nice message. It has that kind of a feel to it. A listener in 219 Area Code confirms, as I suggested, that the windscreen is the windshield of a car. But again, if your windshield yeah, gets I, broken I, I, into uh, tiny little pieces lying on the ground, yeah. I'm not sure how that fits with the title of the yeah. album, Hackney. Mm-hmm. Hackney. Too not- much work to get there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and people sat around and probably a, a little something altered them and they had no. to come up with a title for a, a, no. a new... Yeah, Stones I, altered? Maybe, maybe. What? A little milk. Surely you just. And, <laughs> don't call me that. <laughs> 
We're going to take a break. We've got a whole lot to We still haven't in. done our shout-outs. No, we've got to squeeze in our shout-outs. We've got some unfinished business. Listen to me. I'm, I'm pounding on the table. Yes. Now. We have our last caller coming up. We See, that stupid Alabama game took up yeah, an hour. Only got, and they lost. <sighs> Valuable time. And, and next week, thank God we didn't have Patrick Crispin on tonight. Thank God. He would have been despondent because yeah. the first words he taught Joseph as a baby was roll tide. So you know this would have been well, ugly. Well, everyone who bet on Alabama last night lost a lot of money. Yeah, Don't you, you know think? It. And Alabama was the favorite, weren't they? They were favored. They were at home. They were at home, and yeah, yes. uh, I don't know what the what the exact odds were on that, but uh, they were fa- they were favored for sure. Yeah, but there was also just uh, this week a major announcement made that this is a, a big deal. Christmas at Graceland, which has been an annual thing at Graceland for years, but they're going to open up Elvis Presley's home for a holiday live music special. The NBC special will be broadcast live from the Memphis estate, be executive produced by Elvis's granddaughter, Riley Keough, who now owns the place. Which is huge that she's embracing her her grandparents' history. And Christmas at Graceland will air immediately after the annual NBC's Christmas in Rockefeller Center. I mean, this is a, mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, on November 29th. And it'll be uh, probably uh, about 8 p.m. Chicago time mm-hmm. that the uh, the Christmas at Graceland will will air, and it will feature music's biggest stars celebrating the king of rock and roll, his music, and his favorite time of the year in an unprecedented holiday special live from Graceland. And there, I guess over the next uh, several weeks, they're going to be uh, announcing exactly who it is that will be participating yeah. in this. But but this is a big deal. Live, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. Um, and as I say, to me, this is huge because earlier this year, after her mother, Lisa Marie, died, we got the impression that there was a lot of... Um, a lot of problems between her and her grandmother, Priscilla Presley. And there was some question and, about the wills and, and who is going to be a controlling yeah, the estates. So and who has the right to, to yeah. do anything with the Elvis Presley estate. And so not only does she appear to have those rights, but she is kind of jumping in and saying, hey, yeah. you know, we know that there are a lot of fans out there. And I think it's going to be huge. I think so, too. Yeah. So that's going to be on uh, Friday night. Uh, November 29th. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Thanksgiving? Is that late this year? Wow! Is this one of those those years? Are there there five? Well, if it is that late, you know, retail is going to be over the moon because they always like to have it late because they get that extra. Yeah, uh, I'm going to quickly go here and see. Um, The 29th is when it is. That's when this is. They're announcing it because the Friday after Thanksgiving is actually the 24th. So the 29th is a Wednesday. Okay. Oh, I know, because that is when they uh, they like the tree in Rockefeller. Okay. And that's when All they right, officially say, okay, now we're into Christmas. And yeah, in a couple of days, it's going to be the 1st of December. And it's all official as of now. That's kind of cool. Okay, so that is a 29th, which is on a Wednesday. I was thinking, wow, that's going to be a really yeah. late Thanksgiving if it's the 28th. 
And before we get to last call, we need to do some shout-outs. Yes, I want to say thank you to uh, the couple that were tuned in, and hopefully they still are, from Bologna, Italy. I love that. They were our first people to text in tonight to say they were listening, and I quickly did a check and found out that they were seven hours ahead of us. And Judy Graham is tuned in tonight, and bless her heart, she tunes in all the time, and we appreciate that. And Sharon Malone from Kenosha, and John Couture, and Norb Rosansky from my old stomping grounds out in Aurora. Nancy Hollins and uh, Ron Oltman is a true fan, and he's in Sycamore. And number one fan and friend to this radio station mm-hmm. is Chuck Snitchler, listening in Boo Bart, Indiana. He's all <laughs> decorated for Halloween. In fact, next week we have to do a segment on if you are living in an area in, in an HOA, yeah. What are the restrictions? Because there's a lot of buzz on Facebook about people saying, I didn't know I wasn't able to put up Halloween decorations this early. Mm-hmm. My HOA said I can't do that. Anyway, that'll be for next week. Uh, Jim Smith is listening, and uh, Ken Sherwinski in Merrillville, and Brian Lefevre is a top fan. We appreciate that, Brian. Uh, Joan Kubchak is in Greendale, Illinois. Lynn Moncrief is in Ottawa. Helen Thomas, thank you, Helen, for tuning in. She's in Kenosha. From Bloomington, Illinois, David Kaufman and Judy Bees in Oak Lawn. Beverly Goodall's tuned in. Joan listens from Greenville, South Carolina. Bobby D., our buddy from Sandwich, Illinois, who attended the Sandwich Fair. And, Mm -hmm. in fact, Max Armstrong was there for a couple of days. Max, who will be joining us next week. Yep. I set you up for that. I'm glad you... Nicely done. Yes. Yes. Uh, You threw it, I caught it. Dr. Cryptosis, Mm -hmm. who normally listens to us on text, can listen to us the old-fashioned way because he works at the Highway 18 drive-in and they're closed for the season. So he gets to listen to us the old-fashioned way. Uh, Laura, I used to love going to drive-ins for Halloween. They'd have these Halloween spooktaculars that was run would run all night yeah. long a creepy halloween movie or or sleazy halloween movies <laughs> that yeah. would go till about after midnight. Uh, till the sun came up yeah after midnight there was the sleazy halloween movies lauren and her dog cotton were tuned in tonight i love the name cotton for dog they're in willowbrook uh gina's in colorado she often tunes in we appreciate that stacy's in algonquin and don is in kalamazoo and from michigan city indiana it's sandy mccomas and ted is in houston Ted Parge is in Houston, and Kay May is in Spring, Texas. So we had a couple of Texas, wow. a bunch of it of uh, Milwaukee. But they were happy about the outcome of the game. Yeah, that's what. That's why we heard from them tonight. <laughs> yes, I they bet were it listening. Was. Yes. yes. Wow. Uh, by the way, we should mention uh, next week. Speaking of games, I believe there is uh, another game. It's uh, it's fall. It's football. So yeah, college football. we're probably not going to be starting next week till about ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. But next week, uh, among the people and things we have planned, uh, Max Armstrong will be joining us. Right. He has a new book out. Going to talk a little bit about that and just have some fun with Max. And uh, Patrick Crispin will be joining us next week mm-hmm. too. So we'll try and solve some uh, computer problems. That oh. I know. They're flicking the lights. I know. And I think I hear the Zamboni in the distance. 
And the funny thing is, uh, George and Bonnie texted in to say, I'm hungry and I'm confused. Burger, grilled cheese. Burger, grilled cheese. And the lights start to flicker and the Zamboni gets ready. Remember, Joseph is wise beyond his years. you got to get the boy back on the radio. Great show as always. Your show is the best way to end one week and start a new one. George and Bonnie, thank you guys. But if you would like to be our last caller and the last call gets... uh, a couple goodies from the mm-hmm. WGN Prize Closet. Give us a call right now, 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200. And uh, you can be our last caller, mm-hmm. 312-981-7200. Last call is coming up. And you don't have to study for it. We're just going to chat with you just to wrap up the show. So if you want to stop by and chat for a few Uh, Patrick's on the other side of the glass. He's going to take your call, and we're going to pick a last caller for this Saturday night on WGN. And by the way, we do give you a list of the songs that we use in the program, the bumps, quote-unquote, or bumpers. And you should go to steveandjohnny.wordpress.com, S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E.wordpress.com. That is our personal blog, and uh, somewhere within the next 24 hours, uh, we will have links up there to the show podcast and to all of the bumps that we used right. during the show. And the bumps, again, the songs that we used to introduce things like cheese and, and whatever. We're getting a lot of feedback, though, from people who say, thank you for expanding my, yeah. my knowledge of music. <laughs> this I, has become a thing. I, yeah. You know, we just did it, but but it's... It's a crazy, eclectic mix yeah. of music. Like tonight, those cheese songs, there's no reason whatsoever for you ever, ever to look up a cheese song. No. But Steve has looked up every cheese song you would ever want to to play it was a selfless act and frankly some of the videos are very funny with those yeah, cheese songs really so what you do is you give them the link to the video on youtube in fact I, i'm tempted to to link a couple bonus songs for this week oh because, some that we didn't get to play yeah because oh. there, there were some bonus cheese songs oh that were, and you can't get enough cheese no you can't um, unless you're no. listening to this show yeah you get that. all the cheese in unless the world unless you're listening to w cheese in <laughs> Oh, golly. All right. I think it's my turn to pick this week. Sure, why not? And I'm going to go with my lucky number, which is, I always think seven is my number, but five is really my lucky number. Okay. And that would be uh, Linda. Hi, Linda. You're on WGN. Hi. Hi, Linda. Wow, I can't believe I got through. (laughs) Yes, you did. We can't either. Linda never calls. (laughs) She never gets through. In a hundred years, I feel, you know, but wow. Where are you calling from? Blumingale. Blumingale. And and why are you up at this hour of the morning? I don't know. I I fell asleep early in the chair downstairs, then came up about midnight, did my wordle. Good, (laughs) good. I just started listening to the radio, and I love your show. Oh, thank you. It's so energetic. (laughs) You should see when we get off the air. Yeah. We crawled to the car. Yeah, not, not, I, I have a confession. When it comes to Wordle, Johnny always does Wordle, and she does she I'm she not, plays against I'm some other very, people. No, I'm not very I have good. never done Wordle. I don't understand yeah. Wordle. Yeah, I, I'm not very good at it. Are you good at it? I am. Are I you? Am. I, I usually start with my vowel words first. And I then, thought you and said, then, excuse me, I it, thought you I said know where you, <laughs> your bowel words. And I thought, why would you start with bowel words? 
I could do. Of course. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I literally heard you say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I get as many as many vowels in the first word yes. to get them off the list. Yeah, I know how to do it, but it never works for me. Now, the thing that I truly enjoy playing, have you ever played words? Oh, you're all over words. No. Oh, my no. gosh. It, you, on your phone or your iPad, uh-huh. if you download the words app, it's absolutely free. You will find friends like me who play the game and you play against each other. And it's really fun. It is, except I've got a friend in Canada, and yeah. bless her heart, she doesn't get out of the house much, and she had 27 <laughs> games going with me. And I had to contact her and say, I don't have time to play 27 <laughs> games. Plus, I have other friends <laughs> that want to play. <laughs> well, what does your Sunday look like? What do you got planned? I don't know. I'm usually not home on Sundays because I have, um, three grandsons, and I usually spend the weekend in Wrigleyville, which is where they live. Nice. And it's like it's like joining the circus when I go there because one is in cross country and one's going to swimming lessons and one's doing a lemonade stand with his friends. I mean, it, it's crazy. Oh, Every fine. weekend is different, but this weekend there's so many fests going yeah. on. That yeah, Lit, Lit Fest is this. Is anybody going to Lit Fest? That's a big deal. Yeah. It's still going on tomorrow. Yeah. So your no, daughter said, did your daughter say stay home because there's these festivals going on? We don't have parking? Well, well they were all in the neighborhood. And, uh, and then I went to I went to Bloomingdale Fest with my neighbors this evening, too. Mm. Or Sunday went up Saturday. Um, and then they all came back to my house. So so I don't often spend much time at my house on the weekends. <laughs> I'm usually gone. But And this is the first, uh, the first year the Taste of Chicago is going on this yes. weekend. And mm-hmm. I kind of initially I was not happy about that because they moved it because of the NASCAR race. But the more I think about uh-huh. it, the temperatures now this is the best time of the year to have taste of yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, I've I've heard people interviewed and they said that they love it being at this mm-hmm. time for a couple of reasons. For one, the weather was cooler instead of being blistering hot, and also like on Friday there were no kids that. At the Taste oh. uh, of Chicago because oh, they were all in school. Oh, I didn't think of that. I didn't either. That would make a big difference. We love kids, but yeah, yeah. it'd be nice not kids. to have them underfoot. Now, Linda, right. I, I have to share with you one of our strongest memories of Taste of Chicago. This was back in the days when we were still over in the Tribune Tower, and mm-hmm. WGN Radio would be broadcasting from this big mobile van at taste of chicago and we'd be out there with bob collins and spike odell and everybody and you have assigned spaces the The city city of chicago assigns you spaces every bleeping year the assigned space we had was right next to the porta potties and it was a hundred degrees Oh, and no. it would be a Sunday afternoon after the porta potties had been there for four, oh, four yes. days. Oh, and, oh God, take me away! Yeah, and we would actually say to management, "Can't you give them money? Can't you do something to get a better place?" For Can't us? you tell the city of W bleeping GN? Come on! And yes. and they're putting us next to the porta. Maybe so, that's why. Oh. So those are our strong memories of Taste of Chicago. But it goes on today is the re- the rest of today. It's going to be the taste and. Uh-huh. Lit Fest continues today. And as you said, neighborhood festivals, I think Bloomingdale still has stuff going on today. 
Uh, yeah, and in Chicago, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. yeah. I'm telling you, that's the, there was that, a wine festival in Geneva. There that's was a, right. A pet event going on in Bartlett. And then there's this little football game uh, oh, yeah. with uh, oh, yeah. Chicago and Green Bay going on. That's uh, right. Yes, yes. Yeah. That should be fun. <laughs> well, if you're at home, yeah. I don't want to be there. I want to be at home watching the game. Uh, I tell you what, Linda, you can sport a retro WGN t-shirt, because we're going to send you one of those, and you're going to get your very own weather station, desktop weather station, from American Weather Makers, and um, they become collectibles, so you're going to be one of the (laughs) proud owners. Are you on uh, Facebook or any social media, Linda? No, you know, I'm not. well, because well, I, I was going to ask you, if you could, or if you email or anything, if you could at some point send us a picture of you with the WGN t-shirt. We should ask people to do that when they win. And we'll just kind of post them. Yes. Oh, that would be cool. Do that for us. Okay, Linda? <laughs> I'll consider, but okay. I'm a big Facebook fan. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. If you just send it to us in an email, you can yeah, do that. Send it to us in yeah. an email. And email us at, uh, the address is hard to remember. It's Email us at steveandjohnny.com. <laughs> and that's really our, it's, people say, but what you're, it's email us at steveandjohnny.com. And everybody can use that. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure talking to you, Linda. So you hold on for just a second and we'll get some info off the air. Appreciate it. And that was our, our last call. And uh, well, not our last call ever, but the no. last call for this week. So next week, uh, we're guessing that we're going to be on somewhere around, around 10 ish. Mm-hmm. And we're going to set aside some time to do our round robin because we haven't had a, ch- a chance yeah. to do that for a couple of weeks. We need to catch up with kids like Julian, who's been off for two weeks because he's been in the mm-hmm. theater. He's been on stage portraying two different characters. <laughs> One of the characters he said was a Mike Ditka like character. We should have him do a little bit of that character. I think I don't think we'll have to twist his arm. I think he'll be ready to do it because he was really excited about having a chance to do something on stage. So he's a great producer, though, too. And so is Patrick. Yeah, yes. Patrick. Thank you so thank much. You. And our thanks to uh, the assembled multitudes tonight to uh, Bob Fukuda. To Ron Brown, Gabe Sel, uh, Salgado. Oh, and Brett and, was here earlier. Yeah. He was the one giving us the countdown from the Alabama game saying, I wish I could make it go faster, but they keep talking. And that's what happened. So we got on at 10 o'clock tonight. And uh, most importantly, uh, thanks to you for hanging out with us.